zombie movie you saw you think zombies could sound a little different than you know i'm on prime I mean, video and i'm trying to find a sale, where do, chap, I find do you mind if i come over video. and munch on your mind <laughs> oh shit you're recording dude oh, that would know. be that would be know. funny that would be funny just like grabbing you know grabbing someone's head and being like mind mind <laughs> everyone's like wow it's it's changed since the zombie virus hit the university. Do you mind? I don't mind if I do. Zombie feminists. Munch, munch, munch. Mind. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> what? They've got a mind, too. I don't know. The zombies? I don't know. Fe- Who? Feminist zombies. Oh, There's oh. like a bloody equation on the blackboard. Someone solves it. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. We need more intellectual zombies. Is that there you go. Like Fido, that was a great zombie film. Right, I didn't finish it. What wasn't a great I, zombie film? You know film. what? I, yeah, because <laughs> wow. Jeff's measure of zombie films is great. I started watching it. It was after work. I fell asleep, and then honestly, I just forgot about it. Oh man, that's that is my favorite review ever. That's a great well, cover blurb. I mean, and I was just talking with Deb about this last night because she was surprised that I was playing a video game. I'm surprised you're playing a video game. She's like, I don't think I've ever seen you play a video game on on your console. And I said, well, I'm trying to balance all this other shit that I've got that I want to either watch or listen to or, or play. And it just... Kept getting pushed by the wayside. So, so what's what's the game? What's the video game? Uh, don't you want me to save that for what geeky things did I do this week? Not maybe really. or maybe just, not. Just, what's the video game? Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, I, okay. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm excited yep. about that. But it's it's been fun so far, even though I'm not very far into it. I love that first one. The first one was great. Absolutely. Oh, the story was so fresh and original, even for a post-apocalyptic. The world is reborn. They've forgotten the past, etc. Kind of, I wouldn't say it's a completely original idea, but what they did with one of your your post apocalyptic tropes is is made it their own and made the story that was something that uh, yeah. And, know, I, and I loved all the zombies. Them. The yeah. Bosch zombies were amazing. <laughs> I say, old chap, why are you firing that bow over there? Why would you mind bringing it over some dinosaur brain while you're at it? It was a great game. Yeah, see, it's a good thing we're not actually doing the thing where we vote one of us off every episode. <laughs> the tribe has spoken, Barry. Well, we know who's going to win if we do that. Deb's going to win. Yeah. But we also know who the first person to go is going to be. Right here. Yeah, Matt. Right here. Right there. Right here. Matt. No, I, I think they actually like Matt a little better than you, Barry. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. These are questions we don't they answer. They hate me. <laughs> they hate me. That's because you never do anything. Uh, what's that football player for the Arena League? He hate me. Oh. He hate, for Las Vegas? Oh. He hate yeah. me. See, he hate me. Welcome, Wait. folks, to Geek Shock number 631. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. And Vlarg. And we're just I took her hand credit. Oh, shit. She's not here? Oh, well. Wow. Does she listen to the show? Occasionally. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just tell her right now. Yeah, but, you know, we like to call that just Wednesday. <laughs> true. Yes. Very, always. very true. This is true. 
this show has a sponsor, uh, one of the Kofi members. If you are part of level four or higher, you do get a sponsorship every month. And here's this week's sponsor. Have you been wrongfully incarcerated in Facebook jail? Has your right to be a highly opinionated asshole been stifled by a poorly written algorithm? Then call me, Jake the Shovel Godbold, to get the justice you deserve. My crack team of a mini Cthulhu and a reanimated Grogu will bury your oppressors and get you a big fat settlement. Here's some of the issues we handle. Posts with spoiler warnings, threats of violence against fictional characters, wishing people happy St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> making inside jokes that are understood by the members of your group that are only intended for the members of your group, calling out assholes for posting misinformation, calling out political bullshit, outlandish claims that only a couple of morons would actually believe are true, sarcasm, dirty jokes, and many more. We'll do for you what Drumpf overpaid attorneys couldn't do for a fraction of the cost. So come on down to our office and see me, Jake the Shovel Godbold, or call 1-800-ZUCK-U for a free consultation. Operators are standing by. Warning, Jake is in no way an attorney and can't get you out of Facebook jail. Jake is just your typical geek that is highly annoyed by constantly being thrown in Facebook jail for petty reasons, and since he can't vent as he normally would, he's using his perks for funding a podcast he loves to get the gospel in his head heard for all to hear. Seriously, fuck you, Zuckerberg, and your bullshit attempt to promote the conformity you want to instill on the world and the horse you rode in on. See you in the lair in 27 days. Jake. Yeah, see, I was going to say, Jake couldn't get anyone out of Facebook jail. He can't get himself out of Facebook jail. Yeah, but on the other hand, who knows Facebook jail? That, that algorithm better. is so bizarre. Uh, it, and, and it's funny because if you get if you get suspended one time, it bumps you up the, the list in the algorithm. So you're highly more likely to get suspended again if you've been suspended one time. I got a fact, warning. A friend of mine, she got suspended like four or five times in a row for doing absolutely nothing and uh, finally just gave up her Facebook account. She's like, just fuck this. I'm done. <laughs> like, they don't see you until they see you and then they see yeah. nothing but you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like you become a focus of their algorithm. So I got sent a fact check thing because uh, you know that um, Statue of Liberty with the Ukrainian flag meme that was going around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was actually done on a replica of the Statue of Liberty in a town in France. Okay. You can tell because the guys on the cherry picker hanging the flag are on a cherry picker hanging the flag (laughs) on the Statue of Liberty. So I actually, and somebody was like, this on Statue of Liberty in New York. So I shared it and I was like, well, actually it's on this city in France. You can tell by the scale, but still it's pretty cool. And I got a warning. You're posting Un, uh, in uh, misinformation, uh, the, the fact checks have checked your post and found it wrong. See why here? And I was like, "What do we?" Yeah, so, they they, and they don't. Why know. here is always yeah. vague. Yeah, because they didn't care about my post. They were just zoning in on the picture itself. Right. As and rec- the, the picture itself did say, "Look what they're doing in France," and it was like, "Well, no." I, I mean, in New York. But, as I know, as I recall, Christy, isn't that the scale replica that? made the tour around the United States when they were trying to get the U.S. to fund the pedestal. I'm pretty sure, yeah. While they were building the big one. And then at the end of that tour that got sent back to France and then put on permanent display. 
Yeah, that's yeah. A, there's there's some fascinating in- info about the the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. You know, on a side note, but uh, yeah. yeah, just all the the politicking and the fundraising and stuff that went on just to get this statue that literally nobody wanted, and now it is such an <laughs> iconic part of U.S. history, and and now everybody just assumes that it's oh, it's always been here. You know, everybody loves the statue, and I'm like, that's right. The well, Indians loved it. <laughs> Not everybody loved the statue, even when it was being built. <laughs> so anyway, it's all there's a God. What was the name of that History Channel? The History, uh, Channel? History Channel. No, 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 no. It's a it's a History Channel on YouTube. Um, and you have you've mentioned it a few times, Kirsten. Oh, um, and and uh, they had a whole thing on the Statue of Liberty. It's like an hour and a half or two hours long, and they oh. they go into depth on on. The origins of the statue and the construction. Oh, and which one would that be? I would normal. Anyway. I'd normally say Crash Course, but they're actually they don't go for hour long. Well, while you're so. thinking of that, think about where is the statue to Gary mm. Gygax? Wasn't Agreed. that supposed to be built that in Wichita Falls or somewhere? Th- that's so, not Wichita Falls. Not build anything Lake, like Lake that Geneva. in Texas. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a controversial thing because his legacy is. Some some of us would say being mishandled by his wife. Uh, well, they'll just move yeah. it from Lake Geneva to the fallout. Everything station. everything went to his wife. His children, Luke, Ernie, his daughter, all of whom have been involved in D and D right from like the outset. No involvement. In fact, Luke Gygax opened up a magazine called Gygax Magazine, dedicated to role playing stuff, and in two issues. Uh, Guy Gax's wife, who's not Luke's mom, uh, had it suppressed. And basically, they negotiated out of making the magazine anymore and transforming it and everything because she had control of the Guy Gax name. Keep in mind, Luke Guy Gax. Yeah, I was going to say. That's his name. <laughs> yeah, I'm so surprised the court didn't overturn that because. Uh, well, it, I, you, was I it think a it settlement? Was, I think it was a settlement. Oh, okay. And it, it was one of those things where what? I can't afford to what? fight this thing and the, what there, about this there was a kickstarter for the statue there was crowdfunding for the statue yeah. funds were brought up and to this day i think it's been announced that it's finally going to happen but it still has not happened how did she wind up in control of everything did and she get what into does she have to do with the statue nothing if um, i wanted to make a statue of you jesus why would i do that but i'll find if, it <laughs> if i wanted to make a statue of, of commander k i could do that without his permission right right especially well, if he's dead i think I think she, I think they just. Uh, she probably owns. Well, she owns estate. a lot of trademarks in yeah. the estate, but also probably, I think a lot of the Image crowdfunding rights. might have gone right. She might have set up the crowdfunding, uh, as far as I know. I don't know. So that's a lot of speculation. But it, it's, going a, on it's here. a mess. It, it basic, and it's basically one of those. Younger wife, second marriage, you know, totally fighting with the kids over dad's legacy. Like she, like, tricked him, well, you know. We don't con- know. We no, don't I wouldn't know, say tricked, yes. but con- convinced him to rewrite his will. Um, and I probably. Don't, there's I don't, a lot of speculation yeah, that's, going on. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of speculation. We don't know anything. But the, but the, she was like, I look at the these 40-year less titties. <laughs> here, sign right here. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> they clunk on the I think floor. the lesson here is for all of us, the people who would probably have donated to the Kickstarter, to don't donate to just any Kickstarter or any yeah. crowdfunded thing, because you never know what you're going to get. Half the time, you get nothing. And, and also, don't get married. <laughs> 
That's where you go with it. Yeah, yeah fine. that's where yeah. I go with it. All that. right, I'm good with that. <laughs> Matt, Matt's Matt's keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> that's smart. <laughs> that's what we call smart. Okay. She doesn't listen to this podcast. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> what geeky things you do this week, uh, Barry? Okay, um, you started with him. Wow. Jeez. Um, I watched zombie films. I got in this kick where it's easy for me to watch a zombie film while I'm working. So I can put one on. Is it the extreme plots? No, it's the simple dumb plots. No, no, like, I'm calling it an extreme plots. What? I had an extreme plots after I had some... Uh, yeah. After uh, your colonoscopy. Yeah, West yeah. Taiwanese ah. food. What? You need something? Yeah, I needed the phone. So I could, oh. Okay. You probably, you probably closed it. I did. <laughs> You gave it to me. Why'd you give it to me if oh, you wanted it? Open it back up. What the hell have you done? Why did you give it back that, to I me? I need that. <laughs> want to use your phone? Because oh. my phone's fucked. Here, Barry, why don't you let me uh, fiddle around with your phone? For no, a no, you'll put it in your butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. You put things in your butt. If you put no. some vibrator, just there you go. Why Everybody, I... call Todd. <laughs> no, talk uh, Barry. Barry, call Todd. Call Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Well, give me a few moments and then to call me. <laughs> He's going to rustle it around to get the answering machine message changed in his butt. Boogie. It's going to sound like this. The boogie in your butt. The boogie in your butt. Yeah. And of course, it, because it's the butt, he'll be okay with that being recorded and on the show. Yeah. As long as it's not a nasty bird. By the way, if anyone pays Torgo to paint your miniatures, you got to include the special surcharge so they don't go in his butt. No, 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 no. It, it's a special request. It's called a vlarging. So you just... That's how he, that's how he primes it. Yeah, right. Put... So if, if you want a vlarging, just let me know. I can We can incorporate that into the price. Uh, Barry gets his for free. Oh, yay. <laughs> Thank you. I watched The Night Eats the World. It's a French film. After waking up in an apartment, the uh, night after a party, this guy comes... To face to face with a new reality, zombies attacked while he was asleep in another room. And then he basically has to loot all the apartment and then stay there as long as he can. He thinks he's alone in the world, but how long can he last? In silence, and he goes batshit insane. And it's this slow decline into insanity. But then, it like most zombie films... One gets and, in somehow, right? Well, no, yeah, a couple of them get in. You know, they fight zombies. Bruce Willis seen through the air ducts, you know? No, not in the air ducts, okay. but All right. but they're fast zombies, so it's creepy as hell. Oh, fun! Um, and I don't want to spoil it, but it, I mean, it doesn't end with and then happily ever after. You know, it, it you're, it's a zombie apocalypse. Well, it's creepy, and it's a French film, and you know, <laughs> oh yeah, it's French film, so so no one wins. Yeah, yeah. So I watched the Night Eats the World. I recommend it if you're just if you want to just watch a, a like a slice of the life of zo- of uh, zombie apocalypse bullshit, you know. And then I watched Alone, which is another one, and I think that one's set in California. Um, guys, all alone, and it starts out like it's been forty two days. I'm running out of food and water, and he's in an apartment complex for some strange reason again. And then he sees his girl across the way after he's going a little nutty. And Donald Sutherland is in. It. Oh, so wow. it's got some pedigree, and it's not a bad film. And it ends, you know, again, you know, in the middle of the zombie apocalypse, like all these do. There's no happy ending in these, but it's just that little slice of life in the middle of an apocalypse, and I'm kind of digging. 
So I'm trying to seek out more of these little zombie films. I don't know why I'm in this zombie kick lately. It doesn't sound like you're on a zombie kick. It sounds like you're an isolation kick. Well, you know, I do mm. work alone in a room upstairs for eight hours a day. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Something he can identify with. I know. You, you get him you get him Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, where they're all in a mall and it's a yeah. bunch of people. He's he's gonna be like, No, this isn't my nah, jam. This I don't feel this at all. There's no isolation here. Yeah, there's people. Yeah. Well, it's it's a self isolation. Like most days he doesn't even change out of his pajamas well, or self take a shower. We're talking Why? about Barry now? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Self-isolation, self-love, whatever you want. Well, the, the, uh, yeah, funny. One of the <laughs> things I like about these zombie films that I've been watching is there's not too many people in there, so there's not always that token asshole like uh-huh. there is in, uh, well, like there is on this show. I'm looking right at him. Yeah, Kirsten. Uh, I know. I'm just terrible. Matt. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Do you have a mirror in front of you? Is that how you're looking at the token asshole? No, 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 no. There's always a Torgo. That's a copper cup, so it has some reflective glass. Okay. Anyway, The Night Eats the World and Alone, both available on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. Matt, what'd you do this week? Nothing. It did something. Something of... You don't like what I do. I watch a lot of sports. You're like, get it out of your system now. You can't say sports on this show. You see, it's the chair. It's it's the man baby. Yeah, it's the man baby chair. Did you listen to the last show? Were you here? Is that where you were? No, I was, and I broke into the man baby voice. He did. What? Me. Hey, that's my property. Well, that's my accursed property. You sign this right now, you son of a bitch. You know, it's actually difficult for me to do it. I think it's this chair. I'm telling you, the chair is confining. It squeezes you. Hey, you got your ears pierced. That's not really geeky, though. That's not really geeky. No. Not until you put, like, the... It is fashionable for 1982. I was going to say, it's very 80s of you. That's right. Yes. Um, So, yeah, I got my ears pierced. Uh, They're black cubic zirconian. Actually, they're black diamonds. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Time stamp that. (laughs) That's all I did, really. I watched uh, some soccer. Okay. So, uh, Deb, actually, you guys came over to the house there uh, this weekend, and Deb was like, you're watching soccer? I'm like, yeah, I watch soccer. She's like, wow, who's winning? It was between uh, Real Madrid wow. and Barcelona. Yeah. Wow. So I was watching that Sunday morning, or afternoon, kind of. So did when she's asked who's winning, did you go, some Spanish team? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, actually, Real Madrid was destroying, Bar- I'm sorry, Barcelona was destroying Real Madrid like 4-0. Four, four Four nil on Four the pitch. Nil. Four nil on the pitch. Wow, that's yeah. like two safeties in football. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's all I did really. Jeff, what did you do? Lots of sports. So uh, technically, this goes back two weeks because I wasn't here last week. That's right. We um, weren't allowed to be on the last show. Yeah, I was. I was. Weren't yeah. allowed. We, we were excluded. We were excluded. We were excluded. We weren't. Not, not yeah. that we weren't allowed. Yeah, we, yeah, were we were excluded. Excluded from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, as was discussed on the show, I did also get to watch the Adam Project, and I really enjoyed that. Um, I have been playing a lot of. Well, I say a lot. I've, I'm about six, six and a half hours into Horizon Forbidden West, which uh, I'm quite enjoying. Uh, I'm so far. I, I, I I'm not that deep into it, uh, but so far I'm liking it. I think it's a it's a legitimate follow up to Horizon Zero Dawn, which was a, a a game with a story that I really really enjoyed, and I am so far liking where this story is going. Um, I'm not super deep into the overall story. In fact, I just hit before you guys got here. 
after I want to say about this the five and a half hour mark, the actual opening credits for the game. So I was actually kind of kind of surprised by that. It takes five and a half hours to get to the opening credits. Well, it's well, he's it was. It. Are you just side questing? It's, it's a cut you... scene showing uh, Aloy, the the main character, riding from the existing world that was established in Zero Dawn into the western part, which hadn't been really explored in the uh, in the first game. So. Is that um, normal? Five that, and that, and that's hours? how they run the credits. I don't know. You're, you're seeing it on occasion now with with, with yeah. games, and I actually like that because you're really deep into it. The game starts, and all of a sudden, the title screen comes up. And you're like, "Okay, I'm in for some shit." Because if that was the opening tutorial part, this is where it opens up. Great. It, I think it's a really fine way of getting into the game. Five hours, dude. It's what five hours? Today's games usually take about twenty. 24 hours to complete. Yeah. I'm just wondering if it's actually five hours or it's five Jeff hours. It could be five Jeff hours. Yeah. Um, I didn't... I actually didn't die until after the... My first death wasn't until after the opening credits. So uh, there was not a, there was not any of me repeating a mission in order to get to those opening do you, credits. Do you, are you like dead where you take your sweet time and break every barrel? No, but I do search for every piece of... Um, equipment because you have a thing that's called the focus, which is a uh, little computer that helps you scan your immediate surroundings. And um, the reason I do that is because in this game in particular, a lot of the things that you find using this focus, like uh, equipment stashes and so forth, actually help you progress in the um, in the uh, individual missions that you're on. So you really kind of have to start looking for that. I mean, you, you can you can do a berry and try to brute force your way through, but your <laughs> your likelihood of dying and having to restart and keep doing that over and over again is higher. Mm. So it is better to not do to, a berry ever. To not do a berry in the whole um, thing. How is doing a berry brute forcing your way through a game? Really, berry? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> what game have I brute forced my way through? I just life. Been in life. Yeah. <laughs> The game oh, well, that's, life. that's different. That's de- yeah, I'll definitely brute force my way through You life. wait, Matt. Jeff's comment on your life is coming, apparently. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, I, but anyway. Uh, that's very accurate. I'm, very stuck accurate. On loading. <laughs> I, I'm stuck on the loading screen. That's, that's me. <laughs> He's only four and a half hours in. <laughs> so, you know, surprisingly accurate. Yeah. Just not with games. Okay. Life, yeah, definitely brute force my way through. Yep. Um, anyway. <laughs> So yes, I'm, I'm okay. enjoying. Learn something. I'm enjoying the game. I'm, <laughs> finally, I'm finally, you learned something. That's enough for the week. Gonna get playing that. Um, <laughs> but there's also two other things on Netflix that uh, that I don't know how I missed them. But uh, Space Force season two, uh, new episodes dropped is on that, Netflix. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I enjoyed Space Force. Oh wait, that's not the one with uh, Steve Carell. One with Steve Carell, John Malkovich, John Malkovich. Oh, okay. Mal- Malkovich can do no wrong. I mean, he's fucking hilarious in this show. Yeah, yeah. Malkovich can do wrong. All right. Well, maybe. But anyway, I uh, I uh, I don't know air, how. On air. <laughs> I don't on air. That that's wrong right there. Cyrus the virus wrong. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. Like I, there was like no fanfare about the the second season dropping. So I literally was on. Well, it was, Netflix. but it's in space. When I no finished, one can hear you, fanfare. And it takes a while to get here, the light. Because when I finished Hi. Adam Project, and I was just like, oh, new episodes. Does season two drop? I went in there, and of course, 
there's new episodes. So um, I'm about a quarter of the way through that. Um, the other thing, though, that I really wanted to talk about was uh, Murderville. Murderville? Murderville! On, on Netflix. Very uh, funny. This is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous show, um, but in a good way. Uh, what it is, is a mur- It's Okay, so it a stars... Murder happens in a town, Murderville. It stars Will Arnett. And Will Arnett plays Detective Terry Seattle. He's supposed to be the, you know, the top... Uh, murder investigator in this particular police precinct. Each episode is a half-hour murder mystery. And they have no scripts? Is that the one? In- it's scripted. I should say it's storylined, but not scripted. Yeah. So it is improv And they yeah. each episode, they bring in a celebrity detective trainee. And the goal for the each episode is to have the detective trainee try to solve the murder and at the end of the episode, that trainee has to say whether who they who they think committed the murder and why, and then uh, the captain of this precinct will come in and tell them whether they are wrong or they're right. Uh, first episode. So it's a performative reality game yeah, show. The first episode is uh, Conan O'Brien as himself is the the detective trainee, and it's piss your pants hilarious. Conan and Conan and Will Arnett played so well off of each other. In fact, Conan definitely tries to play the straight man in this because he's just like, "Wow, really? That's what got you? That kind of stuff." Uh, anyway, uh, and then the second episode, they bring on uh, Marshawn Lynch, who is a football player. So he, of course, literally has little to no improbability. So he's playing it like somebody that's literally just surprised by all the shit that's going on around him. Um, and then of does course, it, does that work? Surprisingly, um, yeah, it surprisingly okay. works well because he's being surprised. He's he's literally surprised by a lot of the, um, you know, the improv that Arnett is doing, as well as some of the interactions with the other um, actors. Uh, but I mean, you have a lot of other uh, celebrity uh, detectives. You've got Kamel Nanjani, Ken Jong, uh, Sharon Stone. I mean, the, the the list goes on and on, but uh, I believe there's 12 episodes. That sounds super entertaining. Where can we find it? It's on Netflix. Murderville. 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 Yeah, and and I don't know how I... I mean, I had heard rumblings about it, but I didn't know... What, nothing that I would saw, had seen rather, before this said anything about what the show was. So um, Barry and I were just sitting there one day, and he's like, well, let's watch an episode, see what it's all about. And then after we finished that first episode, we're like... Let's watch another one and see if this is see if they keep this rolling. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, Will Arnett is is fantastic at, at improv. I mean, his his he he takes it almost to the extreme silliness with this character. So, fellow Torontonian. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's what I did this week. This week, I started playing a sequel to one of my favorite games of the last generation of consoles. I started playing Dying Light 2. Really? Uh, Dying Light, if you've never played it, is a parkour zombie game. I know, that description sounds awful, but it really, really works. It's one of the most intense experiences I ever had on the PlayStation 4. It is a... One of the most harrowing zombie games I've ever played. It's wow. a very much an action game, through and through. But the tension on that original game 
was phenomenal. It is the only game I can think of in the last 10 years that I played through twice. And I never, once I play through a game, I'm done with it. Except for like Skyrim, because that's just existing in a place. That's a whole different thing. Uh, but this one, it's an open world, uh, multi-level traversal. Go wherever you want. Uh, this one is a lot bigger than the original one. And it is so, so exciting to play. I what? Now, you said this is two, the one that just came out back in December? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I so, just wanted so to make fairly, sure. Come out the last couple of months. I didn't know if there was a third or just the first two. Yeah, they, okay. they've been working on this for okay. ages. Well, right. Gushing I, I, about it. So it must be good, but all you've told me so far is that yeah. it is zombie parkour. Zombie right. parkour. What does that mean? All right. What are you doing? Uh, Rooftops, you, rooftops type thing. Yeah. It, it, thanks, Matt. I'm just saying. Next subject, okay. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when I say it's open world traversal, multi-level, that means, yes, building to building. When I think of building traversal in a video game, I usually think of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. This one does it better. What I love about it is your advancement as a character is on two different levels. It's in combat and it is in parkour. So, but every action that you take, every swing that you take at a zombie or some bandit or whatever you're hitting will increase your experience points in combat. Whatever traversal you do, whether it's just climbing a building, jumping from one to the other, doing a, an extreme fall and surviving it, will get you points to increase your parkour, which will add new skills in parkour or combat to just make, the, make you more badass in the game. Uh, but as badass as you can be, the game never stops being tense. The zombies are frightening, and you never really stop being potential meat. Are they fast? Uh, some of them. Ooh. Yeah, there there is a combination of multiple zombies, kind of uh, left for dead kind of thing, okay. as far as like multiple yeah, zombie got, like, types. The brute one, the fast one, yeah. the one that jumps around, yeah, one that explodes, one that screams, one that spits acid, yeah. And this one introduces multiple factions, and the storyline changes depending on what faction you want to choose. Hmm. And both have their good and bad parts. They're not. There's not like this is the good guys, this is the bad guys. They both have their good sides. They both have their bad sides. They're equal shades of gray, which one would you rather be a part of? Uh, philosophically, if you will. The argument for one is a trying to create a police state within a zombified city to keep the populace safe. Brotherhood of Steel. Or the group of ragtag uh, survivors that are just trying to make it who are under the who feel they're under the thumb of this group that think they're trying to protect them. Oh, I was going to equate that with the railroad, but it's not. What was the other than the Minutemen from Fallout 4? Okay. Uh, not even that. Uh, you play a pilgrim, and your whole idea in this game, and I'm still trying to grasp what the main story is. That's not what's pulling me in. What's pulling me in the game is gameplay, but you're looking for your long-lost sister. I'm getting a lot of... Uh, uh, shades of uh, fallout with that because you you separated from your sister when you were in an adolescence and now you're an adult so time has passed so i'm ex fully expecting that the game's going to end with your sister's part of the bad guys of something that it seems to be where it would naturally go with this but as far as action combat it is harrowing every time you have to go into a group of zombies my butt puckers the game has a day and night cycle. At night, the zombies become even worse. In the original game, you could kind of bypass the night. There were a few 
missions that you could take optionally and a couple that you had to take. But overall, you could bypass the night, sleep through the night, get up in the daytime, do things when they're safer. Uh, but in this one, you have to do a lot more night missions. And it gives you a lot more character building reasons to do so as far as just making your character stronger. So you, can, you can't bypass them like you did in the first game. And when you, the chase happens, when the big, bad, fast zombies come after you and the and chase engages, part, part of it's the music, part of it is just the franticness of the game. Give it a shot. Even if you never played the first Dying Light, try Dying Light 2. And if you love the first one, the second one is so far even better. And I haven't even opened up the big map on the game yet. How often do you die? Uh, quite often. You save, you goes right back to the last checkpoint or back to bed? If you're in the middle of a story, it will take you back to the checkpoint. If you're in the middle of a multi-point mission. Uh, if you're just out in the world, it will send you back to basically the, the nearest safe base. So there really isn't a lot of punishment for dying. Do you have to go and fetch your stuff? No. Oh, good. Uh, I hated that. And even though there is no punishment for it, I dread it every single time because it is so goddamn creepy when you're just absolutely getting walloped on, whether it's by the zombies or uh, and uh, the faction you're against. And do you play it late at night in a dark room? With candles? Usually, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. with the noise. You got to. A lot of the... Uh, psychological horror games out there are all about jump scares and so on, nah. building that tension. That's not this game. This game is forward, forward action. Okay. And in fully open world, uh, give it a shot. Is it available on the Atari? Uh, there, it, not the 2600, but it is available on the Atari 400 and 800. I never had those. I only had a 2600. Nor, nor should you. Yeah. 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 Atari 400 especially. That was an awful, awful keyboard. 800 people, you were fine. Atari 400, no. That was, that was terrible. <laughs> Kirsten, what did you do this week? Well, I rewatched The Warriors. I love that nice. movie. Yeah. I still remember that movie from way back and uh, eventually coming out on cable. And we watched the hell out of it. And then we got the video tape. We watched the hell out of it. So yeah, that that movie doesn't age well with the what they what they talk about in no. that movie. No. Does no. not age well. No, it 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 that and uh, what are you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going, like, wow. you're going. Yeah, um, it's a good movie. And uh, I think that they that they failed in that the, the big the the guy that they were all coming to see was the coolest guy ever, and he just dies right away. I was like, ugh. Yeah, that scene. That scene. <laughs> Can you dig it? We got the Third Street Corner Bows yeah. over here with the Cunball Women. Here, yeah. can, can you, you dig, dig it? <laughs> can you dig it? We got the Warriors over here with yeah. the Jeff Gunther. Oh, yeah. Can you dig that? With, with the Jeff Gunther gang. <laughs> All of them are named Jeff Gunther. Can you dig it? No, like I that, can't. That, that scene was the best scene in the whole movie. And what's crazy about that scene to fill out all that crowd, they hired street gangs yeah. to be involved. Yeah. Street yeah. gangs were, uh, were uh, extras. It's really funny, too, because when they do pans over it, you can look at some and like, yeah, that's a real gang. That's a real gang. And then you get to the mimes and the top hats. Yeah, no. Oh, the baseball furies. Oh, baseball yeah. the furies. furies. Those are the best. They're just I, all silent and creepy. One of the things that kills me about the, because the, I had the director's cut, is to reinforce, I mean, Walter Hill took the attacks on the violence of the movie at the time really personally. 
And he's like, it was very comic booky. A lot of people didn't get that. So to reinforce the comic booky, he does a lot of transitions with these artificially made comic book panels out of stills and stuff. And he totally destroys the Baseball Fury's entrance. Yes, he does. Because the guys come out of the subway and they're like, uh. And they see the Baseball Furies. But because of the comic book transition, it totally fucks it up. But it, w- it was really funny because I was watching that and I was just thinking, this was before, this was before Halloween uh, and, and before... Um, uh, Friday the 13th, but the way that, because I was noticing the Baseball Furies in particular, because um, they hired a lot of athletes as well as uh, uh, actors and gang members for side characters, and the Baseball Furies in particular just have like this dro- jogging stride as they go after them, like it's just another day in the park, and I didn't realize at the time how unsettling Oh, yeah. That was. They're running their asses off, and they're just like, yeah, dun, 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 coming after them. Um, but uh, that whole thing, that whole bit is just on I want to be a baseball fury for Halloween some year. So, so for those who haven't seen The Warriors, what's the basic plot? Um, the movie is based on Xenophon's Anabasis, which is the story of a what? group of Greek mercenaries escaping Persia yes. after they've been betrayed by their employer. Yes. The March of the 10,000. Really? 10,000 Greek mercenaries making their way to the sea and freedom, and they have to fight their way out of the Persian Empire. Now Boy. set in the 70s with street gangs. There's street gangs, and they got to bop their way out of that and get back to Coney Island, the big CI, before they get japped and totally wasted. Oh, hey, my God. Boppers. The, 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 the fact that they use the word bop. Yeah. We got, we're going to have to bop our way home. This is crazy. And there was another scene where there's a group of uh, gang members joining, and they're going, oh, we're going to get japped, man. We're going to get japped. Yeah. Is it japped or japped? Ja- Japped. Japped. J-A-P. In the 1970s, that was a word for being ambushed, attacked without warning, you know, because, oh, because 30 years before. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, it's a product of its Dude, time. In the, in the 70s um, subways, all the graffiti oh and shit on the God. inside. Oh, and it's so just awful. Yeah. Just, just looking just at the, the Well, subway. it was like that, like back in the day. All, Have all you the, been to New York? The, it's a little bit like that now. All uh, the tiling of the and, and the bare painted um, um, steel beams and everything like that. I, I was in, uh, I think it was like somewhere in Jamaica Street Station or something. Mm-hmm. It was in New York waiting to, to go to JFK Airport and everything. The, the subway. To and I was looking around and I all I could think of was those subway scenes from the Warriors. This was years ago, but yeah. still, it's still kind of like that. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, but um, it's funny because there's a man, Sal Yorick, who did a book called The Warriors. The movie's based on the book in the 60s, the book being based on Xenophon's thing. And that it it's funny because that was about a Hispanic gang because that was a little more accurate to what gang life was like. When you had this mixed ethnic gang and everything like that, it's sort of like... Not just ethnicities were mixed in that gang. That gang was all kinds of mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> Picking yeah. up what I'm putting down. And, yeah, and it was cool. It was cool watching a lot of the early guys. Um, uh, Barry started um, David Patrick Kelly's chant. Warriors come out and play, which is famous. 
and Kelly's been all over the place. Yeah. Um, James Remar, that was uh, like, I think that was his first movie. I would really like to see that movie remade, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, obviously for modern audiences and not, not, it doesn't have to be faithful to the original. I mean, I want to see certain beats. I want to see the guy that says, can you dig it or whatever, you know, right. it doesn't have to be set in 2020. It could be set in the future even, you know, yeah. but I, I want to see it done with a budget and with a little better writing. Mm-hmm. Well, the, um, it's really funny because Walter Hill said it's kind of futuristic because he said, okay, yeah, we got guys in baseball costumes and makeup and we got mime guys running around. I'll tell you what, can- it, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Escape from New York. Yes, doesn't it though? Mm-hmm. Just the, the light and like, like how dark everything is yeah. and and just run down. Right. Yeah, it just reminded me very much of Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. You could uh, we could you could do something like that. You know, it just um, it'd be interesting to see Carpenter like, oh, okay, I'll do the Warriors. Escape to Coney Island. <laughs> you know, and Kurt Russell can be up there. Yeah, can no. you dig it? No. You know, <laughs> cigarette hanging out of his mouth. I mean, come on. I'd want we to got see the Van Cortland Rangers right next to the mimes. Jared Leto as the guy that says, can you dig it? As long as he dies early on. <laughs> as long as he dies. <laughs> no, nah, he, would, he would do some something too artsy in can you dig it. Like it would sound weird or something. It would be weird. But he would, he would overact it and method it. Dig it. Can you? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Togo's got it. You'd be something like that, where you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> so, so anyway, I watch, I rewatch the Warriors, and there's some crazy stuff behind the scenes in that movie too. There's one of the war- Warriors uh, dies getting thrown in front of a subway. Yes, that wasn't originally how that character was supposed to die. That actor was causing shit that Hill didn't like. So he killed off his character they, early. They they got they went head to head. He got killed off early, and it's really funny because once you know that story and you're watching the movie over a second or third time, you're like, okay, now I can totally see how he was a bigger character in this. And then suddenly, I don't think he's even in the credits. No, he. Well, that was him. Yeah, that was him. They asked him, "How do you want to be credited?" And he's like, "Don't credit me." So yeah, his name so, is not even because he movie. Uh, wow. the, that DVD comes with the interview everybody talking and uh, he's in there and he's like yeah i mean you know uh, whatever happened between me and walter and they actually had made up sense but he was like whatever happened i i was not being very mature when i was like don't put my name in the credits motherfucker and uh, i regret <laughs> he was in that because uh, a few years ago <laughs> seven years ago in 2015 they did the uh, coney island rewalk and a bunch of them got together and took the the subway L from um, I think Union Bronx. Station to uh, Coney Island. They might have done the whole Bronx run, but yeah. And he was part of that. He actually came okay. in and was a part of that. So there was a video game for the Warriors. What, who made that? Was it Rockstar? I don't know who made it, but I remember looking up. A lot of them reprised their voices. They really. Came they came back, yeah. I was wondering if anyone played that. I have not, and I feel shame. It yeah. came out after I watched The Warriors. I had, For whatever reason, it, it, I never watched it. And then I watched it after. I'm like, well, why is all this stuff being advertised to me like I should like I should know this? And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of neat. And then I never played the game. Yeah, so, I it, haven't it, played it either, but um, it, it is out there. It was Rockstar, yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of them came back when, because uh, I would, uh, 
I went to the uh, wiki just to check because uh, I wanted to check up on the guy who was not credited anymore and I wanted to see what his deal was now and um, they mentioned in the Rockstar game and they mentioned so-and-so came back and so-and-so came back to do his voice and you know such and such and so there was it was um and it was it's funny because a couple of the guys as the only movie they ever did and then there's a uh there's one guy he's done movies but really he'll go to a convention or something that's why he's there because he was in the warriors and then you got michael beck and james remar and david patrick Kelly, who were really the guys who uh went on to do something Right. Even though they're not, you know, they didn't all, any of them become big, giant blockbuster stars, but they all had working jobs and, and worked. And it was really funny how many people were hired out of theater, off of Broadway. The whole thing was, the background behind the movie is interesting because it's just like, it's just gang warfare. But then you look behind it, and there's a whole bunch of interesting things that went on. No, just well, the fact that it's based off of a Greek story. Yeah. yeah it's Xenophons. just shot so dark and gritty. Like yeah. the film they were using, they pulled out of a secondhand store. Yeah, he, it, he probably It, it reminded me of those little... I'm reaching back now. It reminded me of those little short films you'd see between the scripted bits in Sesame Street. <laughs> Like taking llama to the dentist, is that what it was? Or, or like so and so's going to the city to do something, and it's all it's not cartoon. There's no Muppets in it. Yeah. It's just kids in this gritty, awful '80s, darkly lit film. This dirty York. I, I know dirty in, York. I know in the '70s, you know a lot of that was Jim Henson practicing to be a director. Because that was actually part of his contract in doing Sesame Street, was that he get to do the experimental films. Like the one that I remember is the stop motion where he paints the side of a barn. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it, it's him and it's stop motion and he paints the whole side of a barn. And it's just really... I don't remember the exact things. All I remember, because I was very young, I all I remember is the feeling of watching this and being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Well, you want your children's television to make the kids uncomfortable. Just so you just know. Just the film quality made me uncomfortable, and the Warriors brought me right back to that. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like, like occasionally we'd have a, a, a... I grew up in Jersey, and we occasionally we'd have an appointment to do something in, like, this city or Newark or possibly in New York and it just felt in the 80s it felt so d- dirty and grimy <laughs> yeah. that you actually know? is pretty fascinating because you look at the 70s and 80s movies that feature New York you really have that quote dirty as, uh, New York aesthetic yeah. and then like you look at now in the 21st century especially like a lot of the uh, the MCU films, when where New York is the center, you've got this kind of clean, upgraded New York. Yeah. And so you've got that really interesting contrast between those two um, shooting styles, even though a lot of the New York stuff is actually shot in Georgia, the last uh, time, in Atlanta. <laughs> so. The last time I went to New York, it must have been over 10 years ago, uh, a friend of ours went to, to get married, and we stayed in Hoboken, and Hoboken used to oh. be a, just a fucking shithole. Yeah. Now, it's super nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did yeah. a walk around. I got some free cheese. It was great. Well, um, dude, Times Square. Free cheese. Times Square is a major tourist thing where you hang out and you take... It's almost like a yeah. downtown Fremont. Adult yeah. stores, 
but it, hookers, everything. it used to yeah. be it used to be it used the, to be like the, the old downtown free yeah the, you don't want to be there. exactly exactly i used to do i used to go to some shows at the bunkhouse down there on like sixth or seventh or whatever and it it was nasty. Mm. That's what it kind of reminded me of watching that stuff. Yeah. I think, well, also part of it might be Walter Hill's aesthetic that because he, he did 48 hours, and 48 hours is a lot like that too, even though it doesn't take place in huh. New York. Yeah. So he probably likes that dark aesthetic. That gritty feel. The gritty. DC, DC universe. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you hose down the streets before shooting. Slightly off-key music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was... I hate the hose-down streets in any goddamn film. Oh, my God, that drives me crazy. In fact, the one that I hate the most oh. is when a, a show is uh, or a movie is featuring Las Vegas, and it's like some neighborhood in Las Vegas, and they always hose down the street to yeah. make it look like yeah, it had right. just rained. And uh-huh. I'm like... Motherfuckers, it does not rain that often here. There is no way that that fucking side street is that wet. <laughs> we we have we have two things: dry and river. That's yeah. what we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Really, Vernon and I would make a joke that if we were to time travel, you know, one of the cues if we were in the eighties mm-hmm. is well, the streets are wet and yep. there's a lot of blue and red neon. In fact, we must uh, be in the eighties. <laughs> in fact, uh, now that I think about it, uh, the original CSI which was supposed to be featured in, in Vegas, even uh, though it was all shot in L.A., mm. they did the watered-down streets all the time. It's like, the CSIs arrive on a crime scene, everything is wet, and they're like, we got to do blah, blah, blah in a certain amount of time. And it's like, oh, my God. I love, how, I love how for Vegas it's like, it's either casinos or yeah. regular America. Well, yep, one, of, just, one, of, yeah. one of the episodes of Angel took place in um, Vegas and so they're they're fighting in the Tropicana and they go out the back door onto Fremont Street and I'm yeah. like oh I what? hate that I remember <laughs> what? that one again yeah, Con I Air remember that worst one. film yeah. ever yeah. They, they fly and they're they're crashing onto the onto the strip and they go onto this bridge that doesn't exist yep. to this casino that doesn't exist and they go to downtown and they end up at the sands I'm like what is going on yep <sighs> okay changing gears a little bit oh oh wait I want to know because Kirsten was so obsessed with it last week. Did you go back to that neighbor's house and see if that was your package on the porch? Because you were so obsessed with being porch pirated that whole episode last <laughs> week that I have to know if you actually went and found your package. Well, I guess, Todd, before we change gears, yeah, um, I, I went back home uh-huh. and... Uh, because you kept bringing it. He's like, now I'm obsessed with it. You I even am. said so at one happened? point, you're so like, now I, I want to know if that was my package what on happened? the neighbor's so, porch. So I went over to my neighbor's house, um, and uh, it's really weird because the place was totally dark. It It's still being worked on, but it doesn't have that look of a place that's being, you know, it doesn't being like have in. the little, yes. And I so, but I went up there. Sure enough, the package was still there, and I checked it, and it's the appropriate address. So I was like, uh, okay. oh. Um, so did you become well, check the that off the, the mental so, so, list? Oh no! Did you steal it? No. So I went you back, are. which is a good thing too, because um, door opens up. Excuse, can I help you? Yeah. No, I uh, actually uh, the next day got a got a text from Andy. 
Oh, der, der. They sent it here after all. It yeah, was just said, hidden you away. You said that. Yeah, you yeah. said so, that on the podcast. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's that's great, Andy. Okay, good. So that stuff didn't get stolen. But my, you know, the blanket my brother sent me got stolen. Yeah, no. Uh, it so just got dropped off this, this afternoon. Oh, the blanket arrived today? Yes. I was walking down the <laughs> stairs, looked out the window, saw something on my porch, opened it up, pulled it in. I'm like, what is this? It feels kind of soft. And I'm like, oh, I bet you my brother sent me another blanket. Oh. So I t- tore it open, pulled out the packing receipt. No, it was dated back in the last week of February. You beat me to the punch. I was just going to say, is this a replacement or the original? Yeah, so this it's is the, the original. original. And it turns out because <laughs> because, <laughs> because um, my brother sent me some cups. Uh-huh. That, that what use kind of cups? Coffee cups. Okay. Use, that use the art. And uh, that actually came from here in Vegas. There's apparently a place in Vegas that'll do that for you or at least ship Mm -hmm. it out. Right. The blanket, which he ordered at the same time, came from Germany. (laughs) (laughs) It all makes sense now. So that's why that took so long. So, but yes, now I have the blanket, a big giant art we have phase of, of making you obsess about your missing yeah. package. So I was Just never porch pirate. Never, never porch pirate, right. folks. The only thing you got was anxiety. Yep. <laughs> yeah, which I already have. Plenty it's the of, gift so. that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? Okay, going back, changing gears. Yes. Um, I don't know which of you monkeys did this. Uh, so whoever it is, please fess up, uh, because there was no packing slip within the package I was sent. Uh, but we have what's going on in my mouth. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Yeah. An anonymous one? We I didn't don't even know this is this. happening. This is probably from Putin. This is cotton candy, guys. Oh, right here. I hate cotton candy. Green cotton candy. It is pickle what? cotton candy. You know, what? this is that. actually funny. I, almost, I, I didn't actually make it. I was going to go to this Rick and Morty thing that was at the, uh, uh, at the Resorts World this weekend. And they were giving out, it was co-sponsored by Wendy's, so they were giving out free samples of stuff. But for the event only, they were giving a, give out a uh, sample of a pickle-flavored Frosty in honor okay. of Pickle Rick. And I was just like, yeah, now I'm starting to second-guess whether I should go, and then I didn't make it. But It's this beautiful color of light green, fully airtight packaging. Yep. He it just unsealed it. It smells like pickle. Mm. I'll give you a little whiff there, Barry. Oh, it does smell like pickle. Just lightly. Not overpowering like the kind where you open the jar and it hurts your throat a little bit, but there is the smell of pickle. All right, so I'm going to take a little little bit and we're going to pass it around. So, yes, this is true cotton candy. It looks like... It looks and feels like cotton candy. It feels like insulation. Yeah, you don't see green cotton candy all that often. Which uh, is interesting because apparently in some movies they do use cotton candy for insulation when the characters have to roll around in it. Which you know, presents, a whole, you know <laughs> presents, uh, a, whole new, presents a whole new level of weird. Wow, just picking it up. I was like yeah. expecting a, a, an ice cream container. Right weight and then that's proper cotton candy. All right, uh, gentlemen, go ahead and give fine. it a try. It smells pickle. a little Jeez. pickly. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, that's gross. <laughs> it's really sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really, it's cotton candy. Take your average fair cotton candy. And put some dill in it. Ew! Man, I don't dill. taste dill at all. Like I don't no. taste. Oh, it's there. It's like a vinegary kind of. It tastes like if you bit, that's good. If you bit what? into what? a pickle like and then immediately chased it with like a packet of sugar. 
That's what it tastes like. Because I'm, the dill and the vinegar hit me first, just like you said, Barry. And then the sh- sure pure sugar hits me second. Well, the pure sugar hits like in the, in the sorry the, the sugar hits in the front of your mouth. I don't taste any pickle. And really. then <laughs> you don't. And either, then you do get you? to the back of your mouth and you get that sour taste. These two tastes do wait, not wait, belong wait, wait, hold together. Hold on, hold on. He's going in for a second round. Yeah, what so the fuck I. are you doing, so Torgo? No, I'm going back for another one. I'm no. going to make sure I don't like it. No, <laughs> no, that was my fourth taste. Um, fourth. I taste, I taste the pickle. Oh, now. The- oh god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't get where no, you're. Where you're no. I don't get what you're saying with the with the vinegar. I don't taste any vinegar in it at all. I taste sweet dill. Do you have COVID right now? <laughs> okay. I have to agree with him. That's I'm why I taste too. Like I've got a rapid dill. test upstairs. Let me go grab one. Oh, uh, I oh. I like this. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think if I went to the candy store, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take that and some gobstoppers. But yeah, this is all right. I like it too. But I. I I think it tastes good. Yeah, it does I, taste good. No. What in the hell is wrong with your mouth? <laughs> I, I'm with you, Barry. That's, Would you like uh, some no. more? Yeah, I'll take some more. That is <laughs> good. Oh, my God. That's horrendous. <laughs> that is just wrong. No, that's good. I agree with him. Yeah. No. No. It's sweet dill. Yeah. Ew. Okay. I like bread and butter pickles. I like the ones with, with, with sugar. But okay. it does not taste like that. No, it doesn't taste like that. No. It tastes like dill. It says, Not just it, dill. Dill's says, fine. I put dill in my eggs. It's good. But it tastes like sour dill pickles. You and Captain Kirk put dill in your no, eggs. No, I don't know where you're getting the sour dill, <laughs> the sour from. That's yeah. not sour at all. Yeah. It's this overpowering taste that hits right right in the middle of your tongue, and it's just disgusting. <laughs> my body says, this does not belong here. All, all right, monkeys, whoever it is, please fess up. Uh, I want to know who I need to thank for this. So. Yeah, same, same. Yep. So uh, thank I, is a generous word. Uh, it was sent uh, through Amazon, so if you want some and play the home game, it's available to you all, I guess. I'm gonna put the lid on that. You know, we should put a like a uh, Amazon wish list up. People can just send us stuff. Great. <laughs> okay, like I, I, I want some Crisis uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Well, I mean, uh, minis. So, if okay, you establish sure. the wish wish list, then it direct ships to us as opposed to them having to. Ugh. Buy it and then ask us where to ship it. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. Come oh, on. it's pretty fucking bad. And in the back, they have the, the the gall to say pickle gourmet flavored gourmet. That's good. I can get behind gourmet. Yeah, no, same. dude. Nope. <laughs> nope. All right, let's let's do a Jeff's bad impression. It's a time for impression obsession. Impression Obsession with 80s Jeff. Yeah, you hear that? That's uh, that's the new theme song for Jeff's Bad Impression sent to us by Microscope. Uh, I, can, I can dig a little hollow note, so I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for sending that. Um, I love it. <laughs> ah, gross. It's so overreacting. Like, that's not that bad. That was bad. <laughs> it's really, really good. Such a drama queen. <laughs> All right, Jeff. So this one's sent to us by Asshole Gabe from Boston. Okay. From Boston. Boston. From Boston. 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 He says, as I am a fat bastard, <laughs> Kay asked for a fat bastard request. A while back, you said Jeff should do fat bastard. Oh, and yeah. So this is that. Jeff, you're going to be doing fat bastard. Okay. Uh, you will be doing fat bastard from... Inglorious Bastards, the 100 Nazi scalps uh, monologue. 
Okay. Uh, stripped down a little bit. He writes, love you fuckers. Fuck your couch, asshole, gay, babe, <laughs> asshole babe from Boston. Come on. <laughs> so I've, I've outlined right. it for you. Go ahead and, and get in your mode, man. Give us some goddamn gold. Pack it in. All right. Fat bastard. God, it's a character I haven't thought about in a minute. All right, here we go. I don't believe go. that at all. You think about Austin Powers way too much. I've been thinking about Austin it more Powers, now that he's yes. coming back with that new thing. The Pentaverit to whatever Mike Myers is doing now. Mm. Oh, hi, Tin Hut. <laughs> My name is Lieutenant Aldo Rain, and I'm putting together a special team. And I need me eight soldiers. And once we're in enemy territory as a bushwhacking guerrilla army, we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only, killing Nazis. We will be cruel to the Germans. And through our cruelty, they will know who we are. Cruel to my ear holes. <laughs> and they will find the evidence of our cruelty in the disemboweled and dismembered and disfigured bodies of their brothers we leave behind us. <laughs> little Kirk in there. And the Germans won't be able to help themselves but to imagine the cruelty their brothers endured at our hands and our boot heels. There's the Kirk again. What the is edge it? of what our is knives. What, 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 what? I got the word of warning to y'all. You would be warriors. When you join my command, you take on a debt. A debt you owe me personally. Each and every man under my command owes me 100 Nazi scalps. And I want my scalps. And y'all will get me 100 Nazi scalps <laughs> taken from the heads of 100 dead Nazis. Or you'll die trying. There it is. All right. That's, that's all I got. Well, well, I, you, I will say you you're lived Scott... up to Jeff's bad impressions. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I think that was as good a Scottish as Mike Myers has ever given us. <laughs> that's true. Oh, I. That's. Uh, that is wow. wrong because. Wow, that's how, uh, that's murdered, mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What is it? I murdered an axe murderer. So, that so one? I married an axe murderer. Yes. He was much better when he played his father. Yes. Head. Move. <laughs> Head, pants, no. That head's got its own gravity. It's got its own weather system. It's like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> You're going to give him a complex. Oh, he'll go upstairs and cry himself to sleep on his huge oversized pillow. <laughs> and if you have an impression for Jeff, write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And uh, we got a little bit of mail as well, some email. So uh, this is from Uncle Lar. Uh, dear Geek Shock Squad, I sympathize with Vlarg's hesitancy to embrace bronies and furries, but as a life, a long life fan who is neither, I have come to realize that the only difference between them and other fandom is just they seem to be more comfortable about their sexual slash physical relationships. After all, you speak about Slash, starring with uh, Spock and Kirk. And there's no way some 501st Stormtroopers aren't knocking boots in the ventilation ports, you know what I mean? <laughs> Every fandom contains the good, the bad, and the icky. Also, as an artist, furries are excellent customers. Enjoying the podcast. Have a great day, Uncle Lar. 
I uh, I think I need to disagree with that because stormtroopers, as I recall, Barry, you told me getting that outfit on and off is a chore. It is a chore. So I don't see stormtroopers knocking boots. It is because... a chore. Also, I don't see them knocking boots because uh, the majority of 501st members are men. Uh huh. And the well. The, the that that's that a stop men in the past. Yeah, I was going to say I I don't think yeah, that I yeah, don't think yeah. that particular maybe they're the sacred band of five oh first. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been part of the five oh first in a while. Maybe some uh, maybe uh, some of them have that front rip off cod piece. There you go. That's so not that's so not progressive of you, and uh, Barry. Because wait, uh, what? You know, only <laughs> one of them needs to remove the cod piece. The other just could take off his helmet. It was me trying to say and Barry and and failing miserably. But uh, and Barry, I think that's not very progressive of you because what if two guys are knocking boots in their stormtrooper armor? What does that matter? It doesn't matter. The fuck that. The point is that armor is hard to get on and off. Yeah. Not to mention the the wetsuit that you have to that wear underneath. Right. That's yeah, gotta be the yeah. unitard. Yeah. Well, that yeah. doesn't. That doesn't. Why, why are we talking stormtroopers? This was all about bronies and furries. Because <laughs> yeah, let's talk about he them. brought up stormtroopers in the letter. And and you know what? I am sure that they commission a lot of art. In fact, I know they do. Um, so you happen to be the one. Uh, profession that uh, will benefit. Only one benefiting from it. <laughs> well, them and costumers, I guess. Right? Okay, all right. In fact, fun fact. Uh, Is it? One year at Comic-Con, <laughs> Barry runs up to me in his Stormtrooper armor, and he's like, I need help. I'm like, what? He's like, I got to go to the bathroom. Uh-oh. Do you want to so tell the story right we- here, right now? <laughs> For, fortunately, I didn't have to help him take the outfit off, but I did get stuck with a lot of pieces of armor while he was scurrying off to the restroom. It was an emergency. I know it was, but it it's was... not a still suit, you know. You can't just <laughs> pee in it. Well, you can. It was just a fact. Like the rest you of can. Comic-Con. And I would just... smell like everybody else. No. In a furry. You, you, you get... <laughs> it was just the fact that this stormtrooper comes running up to me. He takes his helmet off, and I, I was like, oh, it's Barry. And he's like, you need to help me pee. You need to help me. I got to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, shit. What am I going to have to do? You got to hold the cup. Well, it's he, a small cup. I say he asked that. Oh, I got a lot of pee. He asked that even without the costume. So. Yeah, really. Well, Jeff, you got to hold it. Yeah. I don't know about you, Jeff, but I'm only going to fall for that once. (laughs) Don't move your hand. Don't stroke it. I'll get one of those little uh, those things that you pick up trash off the ground with a little. uh, Oh yeah, grabber thing. Reachers. Yeah, just go to the senior citizens aisle at the the Smiths and just. You need your hand. You need surgical precision. (laughs) All you need is a couple of tweezers. You're good. Yep. All right. But I peed, so you know. In case you were wondering how the story ends, I peed. oh, we oh, were was, certain you peed. Really it's just just we, where to where go. We just when. weren't sure if you made it actually into the restroom before you peed. Yeah. yeah so basically, the stormtrooper outfit is a chastity belt. Yeah. Uh, so in many ways. So <laughs> that's in many ways. Boy, that's like out of a old Bill Bird uh, set of jokes. Whenever I had a, the stormtrooper outfit on, I made sure I, I I already had an existing girlfriend. So, because you can't find one in that. Really? Yeah. Really. Girls aren't turned on by the no no white fascist troopers. I will tell you what is what was fun. They like Ferengi. Yeah, they play around with Ferengi. What was fun was tooling down the strip in the stormtrooper outfit. Um, Smoking Indo. <laughs> um, laid back. With my mind. No, I'm not going to finish that. Um, 
tooling down the, the, the Las Vegas Strip in the Stormtrooper outfit and taking pictures with tourists before it was a thing <laughs> with people with costumes. Yeah. And we're talking like the 2000, I want to say, four or so. And he didn't charge the tourists for their pictures either. Oh, no, 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 Because my friends and I were, were down there and we were drinking and, and I, I pulled the helmet off and I have a drink and, uh, hey, ladies, da, 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 we're going to go over here. And then they follow us. because they many, be like, How many? Aren't you a little short for a Stormtrooper thing that you get? <laughs> hey, you get a few. <laughs> oh, okay, you, you get yeah. a few. Usually the bros do that and you just ignore them. <laughs> Aren't you you're a little short, man, short so, for yeah. a Stormtrooper? <sighs> Watch me jiggle while I run down this corridor. <laughs> Whatever. So you gotta, you man, gotta, you, I, I, you have to work the costume. But people, well, ladies do love a man in uniform. It is true. Well, yeah, no, they don't. They love a yes, man they in do. fur. Not your uniform, probably, but you know. Well, you know the what? janitors out there, they're in uniform. The ladies don't love them. What? <laughs> they don't love the guys in scrubs. First response: You're on the front line. <laughs> he needs a stethoscope around. His, yeah, uh, that's true. Welcome neck. to Denny's. Can I take your order? Oh, my uniform, really? Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that stops at. Uh, well, at one point it was you know there was police, but you know, that might have changed. Yeah, but no. it's firefighters. Fire. They love firefighters yeah. and like soldiers, and that's it. Firefighters and soldiers. Yes. Police, no. Well, and cowardly lions. <laughs> what they love cowardly lions really oh dude yeah. are, are you fucking with me or are you no, serious no everybody would get the the scarecrow who is as big a horn dog as i was was always jealous because they always wanted to get close and hug the fur yeah you're fuzzy yeah so what you're saying it. is the furries they're onto something uh yeah. you know but you just they're onto something just watch your yeah, I uh, I think I think it's the face. I think the face is what saved me. Saved you know, you? if if you're if you're in a furry suit with that big daft punk head, I don't know that you're going to get any action. But if if I don't know, that's if you got a, if you got a lion body and a daft punk helmet, I'm yeah, that would be all I'm right. Down. I'm down. You well, mean like okay, the dead mouse head? What? You mean like the dead mouse? Well, head? Daft punk head yeah, works I'm, too. Oh but yeah. shit! I yeah. meant dead mouse. <laughs> Man, they both they both work. Okay? I know what you talk. We understand what you're talking uh, about. No, I'm not old or nothing. <laughs> it's but, with a marshmallow head. Yeah, marshmallow. Yeah, marshmallow. Yeah. Well, it's Matt funny. Singer head. You know, because like that the the you know we had the character walk arounds in the uh, the theme park, and the the industry term apparently was soft heads because <laughs> of the the big. When you had the, the big soft head, heads. Yeah, like the Mickeys at, you know, at Disney and stuff. Yeah. Those are the soft heads. Okay. And then, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. We, <laughs> I can see where the, You got them to wear this? Uh, soft heads. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good term. Yeah, soft heads. Dude. Well, those things were brutal. So what um, would we be called? The, the, the Star Trek, the experienced people everyone drink. We were just, we were just CWAs, character walk-arounds. Okay. Because we, we, we were the real deal. You guys came closest with your Ferengi heads, but still you had exposed eyes. I think exposed eyes. Exposed eyes and mouths yeah. and real hands. Mm -hmm. And I think exposed <laughs> eyes is going to be a big key in terms of what kind of a character you're going to be in interacting well, we with. We could people. actually work the mask. Yes. With eyes and a mouth. Working mm -hmm. the mask is a big deal. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you can't move the thing. 
So yeah. you got to express a lot. You got to yeah, you got to do, you the gotta do a gotta lot. Do the I it's so funny because I, I would sit yeah. there and I would Creepy do a pose Garrick. as the lion and I would just think I'm acting my ass off. I am oh my god, all the emotion. I'm just projecting like a trooper and then I'd see the picture and it just looks like me going <laughs> You know, it's just, you really have to push to get through all that fucking latex. Dude, I know. Well, I was going to say until the board came along the Ferengi were the only ones that covered up the majority of your face, right? Because yeah. yeah. every other yeah, yeah, yeah. character, like, because all the Klingons were was the Klingons just a, was the just a waffle on the head. Yeah, the and forehead and, and the They had and the, the panty liners right yeah. there to yeah. soak that up. Soak up all the brow sweat. Yeah. All the ladies love the Klingons. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Klingons <laughs> still love the story of getting churrocked. 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 <laughs> or even at the times that uh, people would see Paul in his costume and be like, ooh, who's that big wrestler-looking Klingon <laughs> with the nice ass? And then he uh-huh. comes out out of costume, and they do not recognize him at all. <laughs> Hello, ladies. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I thought Paul was here. <laughs> oh, it was uncanny. God. How did we get to this? Oh, we were talking about the dude with the... Okay. Yeah, furries. 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 <laughs> yeah, furries. Paul, furries. Paul and furries. Yes. Well, I think yes. furries, I think of Paul Maddox. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can quote me on that. <laughs> Let's get to the news. News you don't give a shit about. Ah! Both Ooh. Boo and Yay for getting off of that last topic. <laughs> ah, switching gears. Uh, the uh, big sick co-writer Emily V. Gordon and In the Heights director John M. Chu are attached to create an animated Play-Doh feature. Gordon is a task. Uh, uh, Gordon is tasked with crafting the story, while Chu is on board to produce and possibly direct. "Quote: The team looks forward to bringing the audience a moldable, pliable, iconically scented story about the importance of imagination." Unquote. Chu and Gordon told Deadline. Play-Doh getting its own movie is but the latest in line of brands getting the Hollywood treatment. Uh, Peeps are also getting their own movie, as well what? as Barbie and Beyblades. Uh, E1, who bought Hasbro in 2019, has also been busy amping up their toy IP with projects involving around the board games Ouija, uh, Clue, and Mousetrap. Hold on. Yeah. Clue. Yeah, yeah, they're doing uh, another Clue. That a, a different Clue. I am. That makes me unhappy. I really enjoyed the original Clue. I just don't see how you can top it or redo it, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, You're not. I don't... I don't understand some of the things that are getting, some of the IP that's getting made into films and TV shows. I mean, I'm a fan of Peeps the Candy, but I can't see you making a Peeps TV show or movie. You know what's Um, funny? Yeah, weird. You know what's funny? For Clue, not a movie, but a TV series, like Murderville. Okay. Murderville damn near sounds like Clue, the TV series. It's almost there. Well, yeah, I mean, because in the TV show, yeah, uh, in Murderville, there are clues that the the, the guest yeah, star has the guest to, star has to basically then, write and then, down, and then, and then they make an out. announcement at the end, and yep. then they get told if they're an asshole or not. And <laughs> right? I, yeah, but Pete, how do you turn that into a movie? Uh, that sounds like a writing exercise that you'd get in like creative writing in college. Like, all right, I want to give you a hard one. Turn Peeps into a movie. Go. Dude, you know what? They probably didn't even do that. Turn they, Hungry Hungry Hippos into it, a movie. It's like one, it's like one of those franchise movies where it, they just buy the name 
and then they use like this script that they had lying around. Right. You know, I'll bet you Peeps is like somebody probably had a candy running for its life story and someone was like, hey, we just bought Peeps. The I Peeps. <laughs> See what I said there? Did, did, you, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I understand. Well, I don't know. There's always the microwave angle. But I, I think the movie's going to be a truckload of peeps gets backed up to Jeff's house. Yeah. And Jeff has to sit there and eat them one by one and we film it. Yeah. I think no. they should make a film of racist 80s candy. Cherry Chan. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All that. That's I forgot that. There's existed. a there's a that's a title. Oh, yeah. Racist 80s candy. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can have a picture of Matt underneath it going, it's not racist if you're just stating the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 And peeps explode in microwave. Candy corn, the movie. No. Yeah. No. Release around Thanksgiving. Oh, it, it, I, I know where the villain is. Indian corn. Yeah. Yeah. Indian corn's a villain? One's yellow, orange, and white, right? The little candy corns. Mm-hmm. And the Indian corn, I remember, was like a brown, orange, and white. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting kind of weird. Oh, no. <laughs> and then, then, at the end, you can have the, the Mexican blue corn show up. Ooh. Elote. Yeah. Where do the pumpkins fit in all this? That's a sequel. Well, you know, they just, they get gored. I, I appreciated that, Kay. Thank you. You're welcome. At least Todd appreciates me. <laughs> Amazon has closed its... <laughs> Amazon has closed its $8.5 billion acquisition of MGM. The sale was first announced in May and has been winding its way through the regulatory process. Per Amazon, quote... The storied, nearly century-old studio with more than 4,000 film titles, 17,000 TV episodes, 180 Academy Awards, and 100 Emmy Awards will complement Prime Video and Amazon Studios' work in delivering a diverse offering of entertainment choices to its customers, unquote. Basically, they bought it so they can do uh, Stargate, a new Stargate. That's what they did. Is Please that the reason? let that be no. something that they do because I... <laughs> That's the I really want there to be more Stargate. I mean, I don't care if it's a movie or an, a, an additional TV series. What if but, it's a complete reboot? Or if it's good? Uh, I don't see them doing a complete <laughs> reboot because they have already been talks with in talks with uh, Brad Wright and and some of the other original uh, producers. So it would be kind of it'd be like a kind of soft reboot. They wouldn't eliminate any of the previous. Canon. Story canon, and okay. they would just continue from there. <laughs> I'm okay, with probably that, with then. like a new SG team or something. But I mean, because it's been what twelve years now since it went off the air. Well, you know MacGyver's what you need to do with coming back. What you got to do with Stargate? There's only one way to fix this. MacGyver's already back. You totally flip it. Flip it. Yes, How? the aliens discover a Stargate, and they go to Earth. Okay, and try to take it over like the gold. No, they're just like gold. They, they growl, no, growl. they keep. They go to '80s New York, and they're like, "Wow, this place is icky, and all the streets are wet." <laughs> and, <laughs> There's warriors, and our eyes aren't built for looking in red and blue. You know. Then they go to '90s, and it's like, "Wow, okay, now it's just too much color." Okay, this is time stuff you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, sure. And Stargate isn't. 
time stuff. Whoa. Whoa. They did more than Whoa. a few episodes yes. on time travel. I think, well, of course yeah. they I'm did. You, you, you run a sci-fi series long enough, they're going to do time travel because it's an like, easy trope. Come out and like, play. all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the aliens are all like scared. Like, this place is so violent. This is whack. These, these, these guys, we're going to get japped. This is terrible. <laughs> Wait, the baseball furies were actually aliens and they didn't know what the fuck was going on. They weren't Maybe. out to hurt the uh, warriors. They just wanted to they say They wanted hi. to help them. Yeah. <laughs> That's my head Where are you now. running? And we're pl- trying to help you. They're running away. <laughs> and they're played by Indian corn. Ow, why are you beating us? Ow! <laughs> we can geek! Woohoo! Finally. Netflix has announced that they are developing a film adaptation of the Boom Studios comic book series Irredeemable. Oh! And its sister series Incorruptible. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you raise me up and you bring me back down! BAFTA winning filmmaker James Samuel, who did The Harder They Fall, is directing. Oscar-nominated writer Kemp Powers is adapting the script, and producers Sean J.Z. Carter and James Lasseter are on board as well. In the graphic novel series, quote, when the world's most powerful and beloved superhero, the godlike Plutonian, inexplicably begins slaughtering everyone on Earth, the only person that can stop him is his former arch-nemesis, the super-powered villain Max Damage. Unwillingly thrust into the role of savior, Max must uncover the Plutonian's mysterious past in order to discover how to bring him down. But can he discover what made the Plutonian go crazy before his own degenerative superpowers cause him to lose his mind, unquote? That's that's not the story. Irredeemable was created by Mark Wade and illustrated by Peter Krauss. Irredeemable ran 37 issues, sold over 1.5 million copies. Incorruptible follows supervillain Max Damage as he responded to the Plutonian's evil by gradually transforming himself into a superhero. That sister series ran for 30 issues, sold over 1 million copies. Listen, it could be worse. It could be worse, okay? Listen to this. The Halo showrunner came out and said he didn't even bother to look at the game. Yeah, I know. So they're going to run with that uh, tomorrow. Thursday. Yeah, that's what exactly. Right? Mm, is that on yeah, there? Is that on right. there? Yeah. Yeah. Nerd Rage! <laughs> yeah. Nerd Rage! Yes. Yeah. I, so angry! When I, so it could be worse. When At least I, you're not there. When I read that, Matt, I was like, I literally sunk in my chair because I had been very eagerly anticipating yeah. the Halo series. And then when I saw that they... They didn't read any of the previous storylines for any of the game Nothing. at all because they Nothing. wanted to set it in a different, so, um, a different time space in that continuity. And I'm like, how? How are you going to do this without any knowledge or background on anything in the character, any of the other side characters that you're incorporating into the game, and you know nothing about that? And to, I, to I be just, fair, if they had if they had played the game, they would have said, how? How are we going to turn this into a story that's actually watchable on television? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with you on that one. Yeah. Halo is a oh. Halo is a series of oh. e- environments in order to shoot sprites. That's it. I hate sprites. Oh, there's a lot of Halo fans that don't like you right now. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not one of them. I'm just saying there's a lot. But I'm a big <laughs> irredeemable fan. And okay, so Steve, Professor Biggs got me into irredeemable at a Comic Con. Uh, I think it was 20, 2009, 2010, something like that. Um, I bought I bought a couple of the, the graphic novels, and I was like, all right, let's try this out. And then I immediately bought the entire fucking run. 
And I just burned through them right there at Comic-Con. Instead of sleeping, I would just flipping through them. She's like, all right, we're house. heading to Comic-Con. You're like, ah, whatever, I'll see you there later. Yep, <laughs> I'm reading. Um, I read through the whole thing right then and there. Absolutely love rede- Irredeemable. Loved it. Irre- what was the other one? Irre- incorruptible. Incorruptible with max damage. You can take him right out of the story and it doesn't even matter. They, if they're gonna, if they're gonna focus on max damage, it's not the same story. It's just not. Yeah, I guess they can use him as a as a hero type. His powers. I'm, I'm not ruining anything by this. Uh, he gets stronger and more powerful the longer he stays awake. So, um, that's it. Plutonian is like is like a god. He's he's like the Superman. Like Superman, pretty much. Um, Wasn't it? Didn't he? Didn't they finally establish he went crazy because they had uh, downgraded Pluto to a non-planet? <laughs> How long are you waiting for that one? Planetoid. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been waiting. I was like, at some point, Barry's gonna take a breath, and I am in. <laughs> you uh, you misjudge the the humor <laughs> of that. I don't loosely know. titled joke. I don't know. I think there's some people out there laughing. You gotta tell oh, it like yeah. five times and then eventually <laughs> it'll be funny. That's right. Yeah. But wait no. till the next uh, break in the show and so I'm, again. I'm happy they're making irredeemable. I was very excited about that, as you could tell. Was not really happy about max damage, because that's a character you can literally just pull out of the story and doesn't matter. Um it would definitely need to be a long series and it would cost a lot of money because a lot of sci fi stuff you, you and a lot of effects stuff you need to do. But it would be a great, great story if they're going to throw max damage in there, if they're going to shoehorn him in, maybe. But the protagonist of that story, uh, obviously the antagonist is uh, the Plutonian, but the protagonist is is the super team he was with. Uh, Mobius and uh, and all them. Ah. Would it work better as an animated, like Invincible, or...? It would be easier, but mm-hmm. I would like to see it as live, live action. action. Well, okay. it, Net, this is Netflix doing it, and we know how well they handle Jupiter's legacy, so it should there be fine. There you go. We're fine. Oh, yeah. It should be bum, fine. Bum, bum. Fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they going to ruin all my shit and break all my toys? There Burr you rage. go. There you go. I, I, yeah. You mean, how, how, why do they have to ruin all their toys? I'm going to punch you <laughs> from over here. Somehow. I'd like to see you try. <laughs> I don't have the reach. Yeah, because I know you're too lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King's horror novel, The Shining, is being adapted as a stage play for a 2023 London debut, and Ben Stiller is in talks to take on the role of Jack Torrance. Ooh. You know, I can see it. Yeah, the play, yeah. The play is being developed, directed by uh, Ivo Van Hove, and the rest of the creative team consists of Tony winner Simon Stevens, who did The Curious Incident of the Dog in Nighttime, and uh, and Morning Sun. Uh, so he's the one adapting the novel. The stage play of The Shining will, quote, adhere more closely with King's 1977 book than Stanley Kubrick's film, unquote. The play is being produced by Sonia Friedman and Colin Collender, who worked on Broadway with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. 
Rehearsals are set to begin the fall, with West End performances targeted for January of 2023. An eventual move to Broadway is expected. I have two questions. Yes. One, it's not a musical, right? No. Good. I can kind of see it as a musical, though. I think, it w- I think it would work. But yeah, it's shining, it's shining. Oh my God, look at all those. Because boy, people. boy, you got the shine. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I hit you both. And right. two, the the, the heat shinin. is rising. The boiler's rising. The heat is rising. The boiler, boiler. Yeah, I can see it. I forgot the second question. Boil, it boil, doesn't boil, even boil, matter boil, anymore. Boil. <laughs> Because all work and no play make Jack, Jack a dull, dull boy. boy. Yeah. Now, there, there, will be, there will be one salute to the movie. Okay. Because you're going to have that one. Uh, the groundskeeper, because he'll be doing some oobly oobly boobly boo scat. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what the fuck? Scatman Crothers. Yeah, of course. What, you got Kirsten's bad impressions. That's what you yeah, got. Yeah, you got. It was you went, a to Paul nice you went to Paul Country on that one. <laughs> you come know, back. Come back to us. What? Come, come back. back to what? To non- Lack of gratitude, unappreciation. Yes. Home. <laughs> yes. Or as we come like to call to it, geek shop. Like we come like to home. call it home. <laughs> Why should this episode be any different, Kirsten? <laughs> different last episode. Wow! Mm. Wow! <laughs> wow! You just waiting for the for the shock monkeys to vote to nah. vote someone off? Uh, Jake will organize a campaign, get me voted off. Yeah. <laughs> who would be? Le- no, I don't. We don't need to do this. We know who would be left. It would come yeah. down to and she would lure it, it over. It would us. come down to Torgo <laughs> and Deb. No, it would come down to Deb. We all it, know it'll that. be Deb. I mean, the last two. But be- Deb will say, "Please stop voting because I need Torgo to operate the board." <laughs> Torgo's safe for a while because he's, and I realize he's kind of like the straight man, you know? He reads the news, doesn't interject too much unless he's putting things in his butt. You know, I have a whole new perspective on who'd be, vo- I'd be voted up first because I'm oh. nobody's favorite and everybody loves oh, assholes. Oh, boy. Oh, no, and, no, no, no. You hear me out. He also never wins board games either. Oh, yeah. He never wins anything. I got a story for that in a second. And everybody loves an asshole, so Barry would be the last. I'll own that. He, he'd be the last one <laughs> voted off. And, of course, you're right. Deb would be the the, no, the, we, old, the very, very last. Yeah, that is not a question that needs answering. We understand that. But fuck you, sir. And here's why. No. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a great way to start any conversation. Yeah, he, now, he's, he was pointing at Jeff, listener. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't win anything. I never win anything. It's no big oh, deal. Oh, my God. Okay. So I stopped saying that a long time ago. Yeah, I know exactly when. Because yeah. he would always say, oh, I never win anything. I never win anything. So we go to the classic game convention. And I won and it he all. Won, he won it all. He played this Atari game. It was based on like the Sword Quest novel. The I won it thing. all. You he should see. And he's got the Jeff's trophy. face, folks. He's got the trophy in the room I'm staying in. And I opened the, the thing to get a jacket out. I'm like, that's a trophy he won. Why is that not displayed front and center when you walk in the door. Hi, welcome to my house. By the way, here's my fucking trophy. Do you do you want to know why it's not displayed? Why? Because it it's was behind a, all the other trophies you won. It was a cheaply built trophy and it started to come apart, so I wrapped all the parts up and I do need to do some some TLC on it. So do your TLC, get your gorilla glue yeah. And own it, man. That's true, yeah. dude. I mean, dude, we're talking yeah. chick I'll madness. buy you the super glue. You know, you know Kirsten, uh, you, you were commenting on the face that I was That's having just now. Yes. Your face you know of why? complete and utter victory. Yeah. You know why it's even more 
it, it, enjoyable story. for me is because Barry lost his motherfucking mind when I won the first <laughs> lost round. My mind. The, when I won the first round, it's like was it? Three rounds. It's like, okay, so I won the first so what round. what you're saying is you got in your head and threw you off the whole Yeah, tournament. one was like Fire World, and one was like Air World or whatever. Whatever it was that they did. Because they didn't have the fourth one because the fourth one was never made. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. I the fourth the first one two. was the cartridge, which I actually have wrapped up in with the trophy, too. Yeah. They made... They made Ooh, somebody get a jacket out, Somebody made the their thing. own Atari uh, of the fourth one, the, the one that was never released. So. I made a serious attempt in that first Earthworld game to try to win that competition. <sighs> When it happened in the eighties, and eighties comes around here, wins the new competition. <laughs> what's, what's even better yes. though, Kirsten? The first two rounds I was there for, I had to go to work, so I didn't get to stay for the third round. When I won the third one. round, <laughs> and Barry's just like, "Motherfucker, you won the you won the whole thing." I'm like, "What do you mean I won the whole thing?" He's like, "You got the trophy, you got the freaking card. I can't believe you won all of this." Okay. Oh, and you weren't even there for which it. Wasn't even there for it. Wasn't even there for it. <laughs> which that is great. Which, which my kind of nonchalant attitude about when I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. that's cool, mm-hmm. made him lose his mind oh, even sure. more. I don't know if this is Still a better agree. Jeff story or Barry story. It really, really. kind of plays yeah. against. It's both. kind of both. <laughs> it plays as well as both. Yeah. Hollywood, absolutely. take note. This is how you do it. Now speaking of Hollywood, take note. Let's do red light, green light. Oh yeah, I'm getting a drink of water. Red light, green light. Fun game to play, yeah. Doesn't matter what you say, they're gonna make this shit anyway. I bring this production meeting of Done Right to order. I have four more pitches, and you get one green light each. One or more of these may be fake. All right, oh my god. <laughs> the Oreos. <laughs> hey, Crinkles, I see. I hear you over there. <laughs> Why, you can hear that? Damn it. I was way away. It was way far away. Oh, man. If you'd like to eat an Oreo during the show, you have to give me a sign. We'll establish the sign before you hand me your mic, and I'll hold it away so you can eat your Oreo without anyone knowing. I'd like no- to introduce Crinkles the Clown to the Done Right production team. Note to self. Oh, right. Oh, what are we voting on today? <laughs> Note to self, bringing the Oreos home Damn was a it. bad idea. Oh, it was a great idea. Now. Matt's got a new character. No, right? I don't. Crinkles the Clown. Crinkles yeah. the Clown. Consumer it's of like, Oreos. It's like the bard, but no, I don't know. <laughs> it was a little like the bard, but funny. <laughs> Thank I don't know. You. That's exactly it. <laughs> Spot on. Oh, man. You got some, some shit for us? Maybe. <laughs> oh, you might have some shit for us. <laughs> Well, Matt's nose is turning red, so I mean... I hate that character already. If it annoys Barry, it's got my vote. It's gold. Yes. (laughs) The four shows you have to choose from are Noonan's... (laughs) Is that it? I didn't highlight the other one. I got to find it. A fungal. Uh, Isle of the Dead. Here you go. Zombie. Zombies. Roswell. Aliens. No. And nerd talk. Furries. <laughs> <laughs> now, the trick is, which one did Aussie Matt write so we can yeah, poop on really. it? <laughs> it's, his, it's his week, isn't it? Ooh. All right, first we'll start with Noonan's. Appearing at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin for the Not Kidding Around Warner Brothers animation and the reimagining of iconic characters for an adult audience panel... Was that the name of it? That, is the, that was the name. It's, That's written here. It's South by. 
Uh, Harley Quinn co-creator Patrick Schumacher said that a spin-off centered around Kite Man is in development at HBO Max. Tentatively titled Noonan's, the show will see the character purchasing and operating Noonan's Bar, a classic hangout spot for bad guys in DC Comics. Quote, he tries to run the bar by himself, but it doesn't turn out so easy, Schumacher said. We have Harley and Ivy appear in the first episode, but after that, we have different goons and villains appearing every episode like Lex Luthor and Bane. It will be like cheers for supervillains, unquote. I like this. He also emphasized that it's still the early days in the project, which means elements might change or the project could crash and burn. So what do you think of Noonan's? Well, I mean... I like it. I like it. Well, I like the way that they did Kite Man in it. They made him, like, ridiculous Funny. but lovable, yeah. I guess, in a way, yeah. in the in the series. So, I mean, I could see it. I could see it. I'm having a problem seeing it. I... I mm, it, it seems real thin. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, um, end of opinion. What the hell do you want from me? I don't know. Did... It's a bar for DC villains, so there'll be a lot of DC villains coming through. Get the fuck out of my bar. You know, oh, it's not Deadwood. Yeah, really. What the, oh, Get my the God. Fuck out of my bar. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Al Swearingen running Noonan's? Okay, that. <laughs> Batman and all the other cocksuckers and their cocksucking, cocksucking of cocksucking crime. <laughs> Let's see how that stacks up against Isle of the Dead. The Walking Dead's unlikeliest of allies, Maggie Green Ree and Negan, are teaming up for a new spin-off project set within AMC's Undead Universe. Nope, I'm over that. I'm over no, that I'm whole over universe. Yep. I'm over it. Next. Done. Maggie and Negan will Stop join... Stop reading. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Please continue. ...will join forces for Isle of the Dead, a show that takes place in a post-apocalyptic version of Manhattan. Long since cut off from the rest of the world, the Big Apple, a major locale that hasn't been visited within the context of the show, is now inhabited by hordes of walkers and human survivors who have turned the once thriving metropolis into an epicenter of anarchy, danger, beauty, and terror. Slated to arrive on AMC and AMC Plus sometime next year, the project hails from veteran Walking Dead writer and co-executive producer Eli Jorna, who is on board as showrunner and executive producer. Likely set after the events of Season 11, Isle of the Dead is the latest branching title to be announced as the flagship series begins to wind down. Two more projects, an anthology of unrelated stories, Tales of the Walking Dead, and the currently untitled Daryl slash Carol spinoff set after the series finale will join Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond. So what do you think of Isle of the Dead? See, here's the problem with shows like that, especially that locale. So Manhattan, the island of Manhattan. I think... It's like plot weakness because if there's no power, nobody's around to service the pumps and all that, there will be no Manhattan. It's flooded. It'll be flooded. What the hell are the walkers going to do? Are they going to swim? What are they going to do? Walk around on the bottom? Uh, what are they going to do? It wouldn't be that badly flooded. It'd be a little ankle deep. They can handle ankle deep. <laughs> okay. All right. I like the locale, but I, like everyone else here, kind of over yeah. I nope. mean, props to the series for going on for so long. Should have ended like so season many five, fans, like, you know, like. But I'm sort of like, ugh. And boy, I just, I, I also, I didn't watch enough, but I watched enough of Negan that I, I can't buy into any kind of redemption arc for him. There kind of is in the comics. The comics did it well because it's about Rick and Carl. And it follows the main you mean character, Coral. Coral. 
it follows the main character well past the movie's end to see where it goes. And that's where it should have gone. The minute you take Rick out of it, then it's something else entirely. You want to... I never liked Fear the Walking Dead. I never... And I don't think this is going to be good because they're just milking this thing for everything it's got. And yeah, you could take Negan and Maggie and you could plop them in New York and I can see how it goes. They're going to struggle for a while. They're going to struggle with each other because they're so so different people and they're, they're going to disagree at some point and many points on how to deal with situation X. Negan will take one road and Maggie will take the other and eventually they're going to split and Negan's going to try and build his empire again and Maggie will try and build up whatever she had and then they'll butt heads and then they'll have to get back together to, to fight some other menace, something Zombie worse. Zombie Furies. Than, yeah. <laughs> baseball Furies. Baseball Furies. <laughs> Zombie Baseball Furies. something <laughs> worse than the governor or something <laughs> worse than whatever the other big the whispers were and it's just... I've. I just played it all out in my head, and I'm not interested in it. The Warriors. On a side note, I love those goddamn Rick and Coral memes. <laughs> if, if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Rick and Coral, C-O-R-A-L, and just laugh yourself to sleep or whatever. I don't know, but it's, it's funny. Laugh yourself laugh to your, sleep. Laugh <laughs> yourself. <laughs> that's how that's does, what I do. That's how Jeff does it. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing myself out laughing. <laughs> I don't know. Just enjoy it. I like it. All right. Here's Roswell, but not that Roswell. A UFO series about Roswell's being developed for, by, <laughs> for TNT by a Dynamite. creative team behind History Channel's Project Blue Book. The series will follow multiple timelines in the vein of Oliver Stone's JFK as it explores the famous Roswell incident, the government-alleged cover-up of a crashed alien spacecraft in New Mexico in 1947, and the after-effects seen decades later. So what do you think about TNT's Roswell? That's all we get. That's all you mm. get. Just a little mm. teaser. Mm. Yeah. If, if they're not giving you a job, I'm not in. <laughs> <laughs> And there's not enough there. There's nothing selling it. They didn't tell me anything about who's making it, who's going to be in it. They just gave me a little bit about the plot. I can't vote for that. I know. Pat, Pat Spurl isn't even trying. <laughs> I know. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. Here's a movie. It's about some stuff and things happen. <laughs> That's great. And the JFK angle, the way they filmed that. No, dude. Back no. and to the left. <laughs> Back, Back and to, to the, the left. left. Nice game, Not alien boys. <laughs> it went up and to the right. Yeah. Up, up and to the right. To the right. <laughs> All right, and finally it stacks up against a nerd talk. In a mashup of Big Bang Theory and it's always... I'm so out. I'm out. I'm out. Out. <laughs> out. Hard no. Yeah, I'm out. A mashup of Big Bang Theory and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia being pitched to the CW and co-directed by Kathleen Kennedy and Michael <gasps> Bay. Dude, no! This is bullshit! This, this is like the, 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 the triple crown of horseshit! Who said you knew? I can't believe it! I can't believe it! Why is it still getting to me? I don't know what she should have worked on my time! Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to finish this absolute horseshit that you're feeding us right now. Please continue. Give me a second. You gotta, you gotta compose yourself to lie. Give me a whole year. It doesn't matter. Be 
co-directed by Kathleen Kennedy and Michael. He can't you can't go get it. <laughs> Barry, get out the pacifiers because he's never going to make it through this story. Yes, he will. Hold on. Eat a cookie. And Michael Bay. <laughs> and Michael Bay. <laughs> With writing by Mel Brooks comes Nerd Talk. No, that's not happening. No, no. <laughs> a show about nerds whose lives are falling into disarray except for the few hours they meet to do a podcast about the nerdy things they have done that week. Wow. What an atrocious idea. What a... Wow. Who would buy into that nonsense? That I feel attacked. <laughs> I know. So do I, kind of. I feel attacked because it's Michael Bay and uh, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, who doesn't write anything, by the way. Casting talks are being finalized for the cast of characters. The main characters, Torpid, played by Henry Cavill, the producer of the podcast, who does his best to keep things from falling apart. Henry fucking Cavill! <laughs> Hold on, let's see the rest of the cast. Come on, let's yeah, go. What else? I'm, bullshit I, you got? Yeah, I'm afraid now. Uh, so am I. So am I. Come on. Strap in, fellas. You're 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 obviously Gilbert Godfrey. Okay, so just. I Tor- can see it. Yeah. Torpid, the producer of the podcast, who does his best to keep things from falling apart, both in his real life and the podcast, essentially herding cats. A '90s GIF. Played by Tom Wilson. Is Wait, who? Tom Wilson. I don't know who that is. Like Thomas F. Wilson or just Tom Wilson? It says Tom Wilson. Do with it what you will. <laughs> Could just someone go to the internet, please? <laughs> a, a Washington Capitals player? Like, that's what I'm... Fine. Is give pronu- pronounced with a hard G or a soft J? Who cares as long as it's done well? 90s GIF dreams of being a time traveler who can fix all the woes of cinema if only the parking weren't so bad. <laughs> Up next is Chippendale K, played by Idris Elba. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Poor Chippendale K barely is able to escape the bed of his fabulously wealthy and beautiful sugar mama every week to be at the podcast. He normally complains about how oversexed he is with no time to spend his benefactor's extravagant monetary gifts. Wow, they... They nailed you, man. I, uh... Yeah. <laughs> wow. I see it. Speechless. <laughs> Next up, High Kick Debra, played by Emma Stone. High Kick Debra. Don't you dare call her Deb or she will smash your face, is perhaps the nerdiest of the crew while simultaneously being the most sane and rational. Also featuring 40 Bucks Barney, played by Peter Dinklage, the husband of High Kick Deborah. <laughs> 40 Bucks Barney. What does that even mean? Because you, because you had to give me 40 bucks for saying fuck. I dislike this person. <laughs> The husband of High Kick Deborah, who somehow married way out of his league, is a huge fan of K-pop karaoke and is angrily bitter about everything else. Fat Chick Amy, played by Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Why is he called Fat Chick Amy when he's clearly a man? Who knows? Usually those around him are now concerned about the inevitable messes he creates, which always seems to avoid the consequences of. Socrates Steve, played by Michael Caine. A seemingly educated voice, but give him a shot of fireball whiskey and watch any semblance of intelligence quickly evaporate into sheer insanity. 
And finally, Mariachi Mike, played by Clint Howard, Ron Howard's little brother, famous for his insignificant cameos. Mariachi Mike rarely brings anything to the table, is mostly a token foreigner. Occasionally brings the funny with an epic rant. I think that's you. Yes, yes. Who, who, who's playing? Or who, who is the... Uh, that's Clint, Clint, Clint Howard. Howard. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So what do you think of the pitch for Nerd Talk? Suck it. <laughs> green light. I like that one. Yeah, so do I. Green light it. A hard green light. <laughs> so there you have it. Noonan's Isle of the Dead, Roswell, and Nerd Talk. Where do you put your green light, Matt? Um, let's see. Well, the Walking Dead one out. The Roswell CW one out. What was the first one? Noonan's. The yeah, bar. I got. I got to go with that one. The bar. The bar. The DC bar. I like that one. Every once in a while, Batman shows up, beats up the twins. No. Uh, the, <laughs> the the bar. I got to go with the bar. Flarg. I'm going to go with Noonan's because I know that DC is throwing everything at the wall trying to get something to stick. So, yeah, Noonan's. Yeah, it'll stick. That one, that'll stick. stick. Jeff. Well, Noonan's just because I really do like uh, the Harley Quinn animated series, and this is a spinoff of that. And it sounds like they're keeping enough people from uh, Harley Quinn to produce a decent series and I, I I think it could work so yeah I'm gonna go with Noonan's as long as they bring the shark he's funny command King the shark yeah uh, <laughs> Isle of the Dead like I said I mean props to they're the beating franchise, that dead yeah they're beating <laughs> that zombie horse yeah um, making his face red uh, and then uh, Roswell feels this dread like I said if they're not giving you a job I'm come on I want Toro running sandwiches back and forth. Yes. Uh, you what know, else? What else? For, for uh, 45 bucks an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But um, picking up pee pants or something like that. Yeah. Was it that? I, I can't remember the whole story. Helping the <laughs> stormtroopers go to the bathroom. The odd latte here and there. Yeah. Nerd talk. <laughs> Uh, I don't think they could afford Idris and Henry Cavill. You don't think yeah, so? Nerd yeah. talk just—it sounds too complicated. I don't think they could afford the rights. No, nobody would ever. Nobody would ever watch or listen <laughs> to that. Afford the rights? You know, it, it. Peter Dinklage as a rage machine. I. I, I could actually watch yeah, that. Yeah. Clint Howard. He always could use some work. Certainly. And you he's. Know. It, you always know when he's in that movie. Whatever movie yeah. it seems like, oh, it's Clint Howard. Right. Yeah. And I would have. I would have cast Danny DeVito instead of. Clint Howard. I mean, that that could have yeah, yeah, but well, you know, I yeah. Okay. Height's about right. Uh, sure. Rage ability is about yeah. right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if we were going to go with a fantasy the Jersey accent, the a fantasy casting though, Emma Stone, I I would have had Jessica Chastain. Oh, okay. Know, you know, just but uh, for for Matt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Ginger red hair. Ginger. Yeah. Ginger, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. But Idris and Henry, they're not going to afford that. So I think that I, th- I think the characters would appeal to them. Sure, sure. You know, too. I think that they totally suit to that. But so I'm going to have to go with uh, Noonan's because DC villain bar. You know, the classic Batman episode. Uh, what what was the title of it? The uh, one time I almost or one that got away or something where they're talking about almost getting batman remember 
I forget the what title. What series was this? That was animated series. Okay. So in my head, yeah. I'm thinking like Batman sixty six. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, did right. they do? And like Jeff said, pedigree. You know, they they know what they're doing. The guys, the people behind uh, Harley Quinn. So this would actually be seeing the villains come in and out of the what villains they choose and stuff. I that would actually be it's like fun. Bane, Bane, usual Venom. Yeah. Overrocks. There you go, you know, Bane. Something. <laughs> but you know, yeah, so I'm I'm in on that. Alright, now which of these do you think is fake? Barry. <laughs> Ooh, well, <laughs> this is gonna be difficult. Obviously the last one, because I didn't get an email asking for the rights to this thing. <laughs> and Isle of the Dead. I think that's fake. Matt. It pains me to say this, but I'm gonna go DC villain bar. It's fake. Why would you say and- that? Because it sounds too good. Yeah, I know. And also the last one, Nerd Talk, obviously, for obvious reasons. Whoa, what if all of these pitches are fake? No, I can see them doing it. They're they're shoving that AMC bullshit down your throat. Well, but I mean, he said one or more of these pitches may be fake. Remember what happened happened last time? Yeah. Well, I said two were fake. We only had one that was real before. Yes. So. But this is my opinion. Okay. <laughs> so you can choose to open your briefcase or wow. not. Wow. So I'm just Clint Howard's I'm ready to unloose on, <laughs> unleash on Tom Wilson. Yeah, he's doing his ice cream man character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what do you think's fake? Um, you know, I feel like... I kind of feel like all of these are fake. Because you vote for all, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with all. Just because, mm. as much as I would like Noonan's to be real, uh, and they probably will end up doing something similar to that. I don't know. Just there's something telling me that all of these are fake. So I'm gonna go with all. What fake. was the third one? Roswell. 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 JFK Roswell. It's so boring. It'll probably be real. Kirsten, what do you think's fake? Well, Project, Project Blue Book is pretty good. This is rough because uh, there is nerd talk. Um, and I, I actually, I, I will confess, I've heard, unless I was like having a weird dream, I've heard of Isle of the Dead before. So I know I, that that's something that's out there. I feel like Nerd Talk could be a billion dollar idea. I think that there's it's potential. Well. I mean, Idris and Henry in billion the same Rupal, room. maybe. Yeah. Nah, the casting, um, casting's all wrong, but I think the, uh. <laughs> I think the idea, the core idea is sound. I thought, I thought the Peter Dinklage was spot on. I, I, I think. The core idea is sound. <laughs> if only um, somebody would do something. Henry Cavill spot on. Roswell, there, there was nothing there. And that could actually be like a, a pull from somewhere. And Noonan's definitely falls into, I want that to be real. So it's probably going to destroy my hopes and Right. So and they'll probably do something with the Penguin series, something like that. Uh, Where's in the bar there? So, nerd talk. I'm just gonna go with no and Roswell. Oh God, uh, yeah, nerd talk and Roswell. The fake ones this week were sent to us by fake Kenton ones. Miller, and it's just nerd talk. That's uh, all. The rest are real. Oh. Really? Uh, sweet. Thank you. <sighs> okay. <laughs> And thank you, Kenton, for that wonderful pitch. I have to say, that made me giggle the moment I read it. Wonderful. <laughs> In quotes. <laughs> I'm just glad that Noonan's is real, because the other three... Ugh. Kenton also wrote a, a, a finish on this. He wrote, Torgo, please feel free to modify any of the jokes I make. 
you feel would cut too deep, I modified nothing. Yeah, I, no. I mean, I mean, this is a funny softball send-up for Red Light, Green Light. My intentions are not to be hurtful. In my defense, I'm a long-time listener, but have never seen a photo of you all. So for the most part, the actors I have cast you play are close to the people I see in my head when you are talking. Buddy, go to wow. Facebook. <laughs> wow. Go, go to Facebook. You, you, that 8-bit Henry Cavill really paid off for you, Todd. <laughs> It's, uh, well, I have to say, Kenton, again, your casting is spot on. <laughs> like like Barry says, go to Facebook, go to the Shock Monkeys lair, and, and you will see that I am the spitting image of Henry Cavill, and even more so, K- Commander K is Idris Elba. They, Clearly. I get that on the street all the time. He does. It drives me nuts. Um, Especially when people think I have a sugar mama. <laughs> Uh, I really uh, new, want a sugar mama. Uh, where is that going to be on HBO Max? That's HBO Max. Sweet. Okay. Gonna, so no, no risk of uh, canceling after two seasons on Netflix. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Nerd Talk's going to be on what? Quibbly. Quibby. 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 And nineties GIF uh, played by Tom Wilson. Perfect casting. Okay. We, st- we, st- we still don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody find a Tom I Wilson? did. Well, there's a Tom Wilson. Guy. He's uh, He plays for the Washington Capitals. Yeah. Hockey, hockey player. Oh, okay. That's it? Uh, well, That's I'm, all I mean, Thomas all F. Wilson's the only one I can think of. Because, like, on his short-lived YouTube channel, uh, he went by Tom Wilson. He'd be like, Tom Wilson here? That's the only thing I can think yeah, of. Yeah, Tom Wilson. Tom Francis Wilson Jr. is an American actor and comedian. Oh, the one that played Biff. Oh, yeah. oh, Biff. Yeah. Seriously, God. am I the only one? That- <laughs> yes, you're the only one who knows the name of Biff the actor. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. You get to be Biff. You guys now disappoint that- me on so many levels. I, yeah, I know. I, I, okay, this now I kind of want to vote for this, this thing, kinda, right? This is kind of. I really wish this was happening now. I'll take Dinklage. He's a good actor. Uh, oh, dude, Dinklage. Yeah. That's that's some cred there. I'd be honored. Yeah. 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 And what's your honor? <laughs> Write to us comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And I want to thank all of our Kofi members. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on for this show. And I this week I want to thank our let's do brisket taco. Tier three members, Dan Stexlasa, Daniel Loser, Snoop Two, Elizabeth W, Gabriel Adami. Adrian Kirsch, Major Meh, Atomic Gumby, Michael Hoffman, Azrael175, Mohan Nair, J.R. Conkle, The Microscope, Steve Biggs, yes, that one, uh, David LePage, and Anna Nupp. Thank you so much for supporting us. And of course, our Tier 4 members, King Vald, Deb T, David Farrar, and our Tier 5 members, Leon Met, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Aussie Matt, Matt Martin, and Glumley. And thank you once again, King Vault, this week for sending a, a one-off as well. Uh, all of you rock. And if you f- listen to our show and think, shit, you should be free, you deserve the money, go to ko-fi.com slash geekshock. You almost did what I did last week. Failed at saying that. Almost is not what you did. <sighs> and until I... next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Idris Elba. <laughs> Maple Leaf Matt. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll talk to you next week. It geek. Fucking Dinklage, really. Well, but Fuck. but would his tagline, would uh, Vlarg's tagline be, I drink and I know nothing? Because, you know, it yeah. makes sense. Wow. Oh, wow. There was a joke there. You just murdered it. <laughs> Boy, I could totally see Peter Dinklage saying that line. Spot on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, there was a joke there, and you totally murdered it.
And it kind of works the other way around because Barry would fit spot on in Knights of Badassdom. That's because Deb true. wasn't here to laugh hysterically when I said it. That's I why it enjoyed didn't Knights of Badassdom. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun film. I enjoyed it too. It was, it was, it was a nice little film. It was a nice little film. It was a yeah, nice, for a, nice for a little, little actor. Film. Like, like Back to the Future. Like Back to the Future. That was a little actor. Nice little film for a little actor. Nice film. No, yeah. I'm being. Uh, it was a short like film. Another rainbow. <laughs> for a short film for a short actor. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> little film for a little actor. What else we got? <laughs> I hate you guys. Tiny. Now, speaking of Hollywood, take note. Let's do red light, green light. Oh, yeah, I'm oh, getting a drink shit. of water. Yeah, How same. did I end up with the broken chair? <laughs> I started to slide my chair, and I'm like, what is this? Oh, it's it's fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> you know where you're in your house. <laughs> so I'm just letting you Well, know. this is not the chair that I normally sit in. Then how, why are you sitting in it? Just because I sat down. Oh, okay. It's I my table. It, I think it got swapped out at some point. Yeah. Oh, and I realized that, but I'm, I'm like, why did you choose the broken chair? I didn't choose it. It was just sitting here it when I sat you. down. Oh, yeah, it chose him. Yeah. Did you get some wood glue? You're good to go. Yeah, I, I had some, but I don't know where it's at. That's a good story. What do you got? I'm going to wonder about this water cooler discussion happening over fucking the here. What are you doing? <laughs> this is a professional production. Well, what's more professional than a water cooler discussion? Oh, my God. For, for some reason, my uh, my refrigerator is much more important than the podcast all of a sudden. Well, I, I'd say that's probably that way in general for a lot of the people here. And the problem is between here and the fridge, there's candy. You hear that? <laughs> people are eating candy. Candy, Candy cookies. and cookies and chips. A whole bunch of health food around here. None of us are bastions of health. We're all half one foot in the grave. Yeah. This this, is why. This is why I have a heart, doctor. Yeah. 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 All right, we're back. What? We missed you. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you Aren't you a medical professional? Yes. What are you doing to yourself with that? He's in the medical profession. I wouldn't exactly call him a professional. Oh. Zing. Wow. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing something, aren't we? Oh, are, are you giving him permission to continue? Okay. You may proceed. Piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, Oreo. Ooh, full Oreo. Ooh, Oreo. Ooh, votes for Trump. Ooh. Whoa! What? No! Because he's a big Trumper now. Oh, is he? Yeah. James Woods, yeah. Oh, James Woods, not Matt. <laughs> <laughs> like, when did that happen? Wow. That was strange, Matt, because wow. he was he was erroneously sticking up for you. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. You know, Are we making this a podcast way? great again? What are we doing? <laughs> it was almost a sweet moment. Yeah. <laughs> he stuck up for you in his own way. Yeah, I know. Brought a tear to my eye. Thank you, Barry. I don't like any of it <laughs> at all. Just because he lived in Florida for a while doesn't make him a Trumper. Listen, I didn't live in Florida. I pass through every once in a while. Oh, okay. okay. Florida's like a colon. You just pass through it. There you go. What do you said? 